What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to an episode of Bloke in a Bar, powered by Bloke Merchandise. Bloke.shop, Wednesday, 6 p.m., 50% off everything for 50 hours, including the brand new Bloke shirts that are dropping. Beach Bloke, Country Bloke, and City Bloke. Be there Wednesday, 6 p.m., 50 hours, 50% off everything. But let's get straight into it, baby! Just a bloke in a bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar. Before we get into it, we've got the All-Stars news. We've got huge Bulldog news. We've got so much news. Footy season is just around the corner, but absolutely huge sale this week on Wednesday at 6 p.m. 50% off everything for 50 hours, plus brand new bloke shirts dropping. Now, if you check our Instagram, you'll see the new country bloke, you'll see the new beach bloke, and you'll see the new city bloke designs that are dropping also Wednesday, 6 p.m., and they are also 50% off, guys. We will not be doing another sale like this minimum a year, maybe never again, maybe never again. So if you want some bloke kit, or you know, you've been umming and ahhing on what you want to get, this is the time to do it, guys. It's limited numbers as well. Once the country, beach, and uh, the city bloke shirts are gone, they're gone. Once the party shirts are gone, they're gone. So if you want them, get in there in that 50-hour period. Get it done. Get out. Get your kit ready for the whole year. You'll be ready for the whole year. We've got plenty of stuff on there. So that is Wednesday, 6 p.m., 50% off for 50 hours, guys. If you love the if you love the podcast, you spend hours and hours listening to it every single week. And this year that's about to hit us, this season, if you plan to listen to Bloke in a Bar, hours and hours of content, support the platform, grab some merch. It really, really does help us grow. But I've got the great Gurino here. How you going, brother? Going well, mate. I uh, had a very interesting day yesterday. I woke up, you know, could hear the birds, you know, twerping and whatnot. And then I, re- and then I sort of, I'm sitting there, I'm going... This is the loudest fucking bird of all time. Mm. I then realised there was a bird in the cavity of our wall. <laughs> oh my God. So I'm thinking, what the fuck do I do here? And we live in an old apartment block on the bottom level. And I'm like, how the fuck has it possibly got in there? So I ring wires. And about an hour later, I've got fire and rescue show up to my house. You ever seen a fire and rescue truck? <laughs> it's like a double decker fire truck. It's fucking huge. It was bigger than my street. Holy. With four guys that jump out with ladders and everything. They had to smash in part of the side wall of my apartment block to let a rainbow lorikeet out of my fucking wall. Guru, give the beak a call. Unbelievable. I should have. You could have pecked your way through it. Give the beak a call. Fucking would have bird whisperer, bro. I said, come on, help the Gurino out. Torture. Absolute torture. Timothy, how's your weekend, mate? Very good, mate. Yeah, I'm not sort of surprised to hear that one. Birds flocking to Guru's apartment. (laughs) (laughs) Been having his whole life, but... Uh, he's an engaged man now, so that's a thing of the past, I'm sure, for oh, him. He's, he's palming them off. He's yeah, palming them off. Yeah, yeah, he's a, a new life for him. <laughs> um, mate, there's nothing worse than when you're trying to sleep in and you're getting absolutely smashed by uh, construction, fucking birds, whatever it is. Um, but we've got some huge news, guys. All-star squads have been named. Every single year, it just gets better and better, in my opinion, in, in regards to the excitement around all-stars. we found the right formula. Do not change it. I love it. Now... It is a little bit disappointing that some players have been unable to be selected due to injury, all that kind of stuff, but there's still some absolutely, absolute superstars. And again, the good thing is, is because they're playing for their cultures, whoever you put that jersey in, it's almost a really good way to unearth stars because they're, they're playing, they're so passionate about what they're playing for. I mean, was it Selwyn Cobbo that had a really good game last, last year and kind of burst onto the scene? Uh, but anyway, these are the squads that have been named for... All stars, which is guys, don't get too excited. Actually, can you always smell that? 
Smells like fucking footy season. Footy's right there. Hey? The beak's already, my beak's already in round one. Um, so anyway, the, the squads are next week. So not this week, guys. So take the misses out, boys. Spoiler this weekend. Spoiler the whole week. I mean, spoiler all the time, but this week, let her know you love her. Take her out. <laughs> Treat her well. Treat her well. Because she does you a favour by leaving you alone to watch the footy. You do her a favour by taking her out and treating her nice. Because the footy is back next week. Uh, we've got Josh Adokar, Bailey Butler, Selwyn Cobbo, uh, Tyrell Fui-Mayono, Jermaine Hopgood, Nico Hines, Ryan James, Josh Kerr, Ezra Mam, Latrell Mitchell, uh, Shaq Mitchell, Kieran Mo- Mosley, Brent Naden, Tyrone Peachy, Tyrell Sloan, Chris Smith, Will Smith, Jermaine Tanua Brown, Cody Walker, Jackie Whiten. Boys, what do we think about that squad? Yeah, it's an interesting side. I mean, the back line... It's just about as good as you can get as far as back lines go. Uh, I'm really excited to see, once again, Nico Hines and Cody Walker. Forward packs, a little bit light. Mm. There's no doubt in that. But as you said, mate, uh, anyone that gets to throw on these jerseys, they're just going to go to mm. a new level. So we'll go through the other squad very soon. But it's definitely one's got a superstar back line. Other one's got a superstar forward pack. It's yeah. going to be great. It's, it's so interesting to see that, like, I guess, uh, yin and yang kind of between the two squads. Yourself, Timmy, thoughts? Yeah, touching on similar what you mentioned there and just the the strength of the Maori forward pack and the strength of the, the back line of the Indigenous All-Stars team. I'm really interested, interested to see how this plays out in terms of we, we refer we have this cliche every time we're talking about footy and no matter how good a back line is, if they don't have the forward pack dominating and winning the middle, winning the ruck, there's not a lot they can do no matter how all-star it is. Mm. And this game is going to be a really good reflection of that. So my, my gut feel, without jumping the gun and going to results, it's that you know probably the dominance of the Maori forward pack might be too good for them. But if they can just match them, even get close to them in the middle of the park, there are so many points in that Indigenous All-Stars back line. So uh, I'm, I'm really interested to see how this, this plays out with that dynamic. Oh, for sure. And what's really interesting is it kind of matches you know, the Australian side and the Kiwi side. Mm. The Australian's back line was probably a little bit better. The Kiwi side forward pack yep. was a little bit better. Um, and the, the Aussies did a really good job of kind of nullifying the Kiwi front oh, forward pack. Not nullifying, they still played really well. And what I think, like, you're right. Usually the better forward pack is going to win the day. I do think the game has changed enough where we look at Penrith Panthers where a lot of their coming out of trouble sets is just outside backs. Mm. So I wonder whether... If you've got a back line with, what, Latrell Mitchell, you've got uh, Jackie Whiten, you've got Selwyn Cobbo, just those three alone, the size of those bodies. And you've got Brent Naden that will probably play the other centre, maybe. I think so. That's a big back line. Like, carton, uh, trucking nut out of your, your end, is that's almost like forwards running out of their back, uh, out of their own end. So if the, the, the Indigenous side can take advantage of the, the pace that they can set and kind of almost lean into the Penrith style of footy where their front rowers barely even touch the ball in the first in their own 40. It's just backs just, just peppering the the um, the opposing forward pack. It is going to be interesting to see whether they can do... Um, yeah, they can have some success, kind of like the Australian side. I, I guess the beauty of this too is the Indigenous side. They might not have the forward pack, but it's obviously unlimited minutes. I think it's unlimited interchanges mm. as well. So you probably won't feel that bite as much as True. you normally would in a normal game. So that, that definitely helps them. I, th- um, I think like, what, what if, if I'm the Indigenous side, like what, what, what do they have? They've got speed around the ruck. Yeah. So if you just take the game and turn the, the, the temperature up to a thousand and make the speed around the ruck so quick, that's how you 
move a big forward pack around and get them tied. So when they're coming out of their end, they don't have as much that, of a... That blues, zinc. like, was it 2021 um, mentality oh. of just speed around the ruck? Well, first first two hit-ups. No, three. Tommy, Teddy, Tommy. Yeah. And, like, that set the tone for the rest of the, the tournament and uh, the rest of the, the series. And it was just too fast around the ruck for us. We could not stop you. I feel like that was... I might be wrong, but one of the first times we'd seen that. Granted, we had the cattle well, in the back line to do that, mm. but just that all-out attack through the middle with the smaller, quicker blokes. Like mm. it was, you know, it's not wasn't traditional at all. No, not, I mean, I've never ever watched an Origin where the fucking first three hit-ups or the this, not including the the tackle. Did it, did Teddy take it off the kickoff, or did someone else take it off the? Kickoff? I think someone else took it off and then it went the Teddy, next three. Tommy, yeah. yeah. It's, it's the first time I'd ever seen it, and uh, and I think that yeah, the Indigenous side could definitely lean into that. Yeah, there's one guy here on this list stands out to me, Ryan James. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know if I've missed this, but he obviously retired at the end of last year. Mm. Is this like his swan song? I think that's unreal, Ryan James being there. Oh, 100 percent. Like it, it just to to be able to go out like that, one last all size. Also go out uh, across to New Zealand as well, represent your culture in a different country. Um, yeah, look, really, really interesting. Is there any young fellas on there? I, I think if he gets a start, and you can speak more on this, um, Gurino, Jermaine Hopgood, mm. huge yield signing. You know, a lot of focus in Hodgson if he does his job, but Hopgood could really be the player that keeps them at that level of top-tier club because they've lost so many big players. Oh, was probably, they lost all their, their big players, not all their big players, but a lot of big players... If Hopkid comes in and does what we hope he can do at the Eels, there's a world where they could be better than last year. Again, I'm not saying that they will be, but let's say you've got Hodgson and he comes out and he just plays at 85% of his ability. You, I'd say that'd be close to Reed at Reed's like youth, like he's obviously got more years to go. But I'd say like Hodgson, 85% of his peak would be close to what Reed was last year. Now Reed's obviously ceiling is going to continue to grow. I'm not saying that at his peak he'll be like. So if Hodgson can play around 85 to 90% of his ability, and then you've got Jermaine Hopgood who can be a genuine ball-playing 13 for him, um, I think it's going to be interesting to see where they play. Yeah, I reckon when you have a look at the rest of this forward pack, I think he's going to be pretty prominent. I think the hype for him will be really big after this game. Mm. It just depends how many uh, minutes he plays. But when you have a look at you know their middles between Jermaine Tenor Brown, Shaq Mitchell... I don't think they're guys that are going to punch out 50, 60 minutes. So I reckon you'll see quite a bit of Jermaine Hopgood in this game. I reckon he could quite easily finish with 40 or 50 tackles. Yeah. A couple of attacking starts. So, uh, yeah, I I think, as I've said a few times, I think for Parramatta, he's going to be key. Whether Madison's there round one or not, I think he'll be the 13. Yeah, I think think they'll put Madison on where Papali'i's edge and then they'll put um, Hopgood at 13. I reckon it'll be interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if Maddo... Stays, stays on, the, on the bench just for yeah, that punch. Okay. We, we were saying the other day, you know, people, you know, always say Scott Sorensen's the best bench player. Maddo can't be far off him. Yeah, well, I mean, last year. D- dare I say, like, if, if Maddo was in the team that had won two comps in a row, I think we'd be having a different conversation, to be honest mm. with you. What do you reckon? Any uh, in regards to Hopgood or anyone else that stands out for you, well, Timmy? I think um, so just to quickly detract from the, <coughs> the Indigenous side for a second, because you mentioned. Josh Hodgson and, you know, Hopgood, if he does land that starting 13 role. Mm. I, I just, the more I think about it, I feel like we're sleeping on Josh Hodgson a little bit as a nine at Parramatta. Mm. I think we're in, we've got in this mindset of veteran coming off an injury, can't come back the same. You know, it would be a, sh- sh- no, a shadow of what he has been in the past. And, mm. and this goes to all older players who come back from long-term injuries. But 
think we're also forgetting how good he was for that Raiders side before he sustained the injury. Now, mm. he might not get back to complete peak form. And as you said, if he can get back to, you know, even 80 to 85% of his best form, we saw how fit he was in that image that came out of the Eels yeah. the other day. Fit as a fiddle. Yeah. And what he can, like the amount of pressure that he can take off the two halves there, help get them around the park. Um, the more I think about it, I, I don't think they've lost too much out too much in the hooking ranks yeah it's going to be interesting yeah. with the eels and how as i said like if hodgson can get to even close to his best form they haven't really lost that much again i know no, reed is haven't. still progressing but you're right like hodgson and i think also in a, sorry to, to to go down the the, the raiders eels route mm. but just quickly i think also people are forgetting like hodgson will be playing with now i know jackie wyden is one of the best players in the comp but is he one of the best sixes as a half? Well, no, he's more of a ball running kind of six. Whereas Hodgson will now be playing with a genuine number six in Dylan Brown and a genuine number seven. You know, there's an argument to say that they were the second best combination in the comp last year. Whereas playing with, a, let's say, Caesar and Whiten, and it also was Whiten's, what, first or second year at six? That's, that's a, a much tougher ask than playing with Mitchell Moses and Dylan Brown, who are genuine halves. They've got their structures set. It may, I'm not saying he'll play better, but he may actually find it a little bit easier. Like because, because Whiten is such a ball running six and, and also the period where he was with Whiten, Whiten was still learning his trade. Obviously the Whiten that we see today is different to the Whiten that we see three or four years ago. Um, but yeah, that, that may be a factor. And I think just to back up what Tim said as well, like 33 is a scary number, but it's not as scary as it used to be. Nowhere near, yeah. It's nowhere near as scary as what we used to think it was. And the other thing about his injury, it happened at the best possible time. Mm. He's had the most time to recover from it. He's had a full preseason. So, and I, I'll admit, I am nervous about whether he is mm. going to get back there. But there are a lot of things in his favour, one hundred percent. And with that, with those halves, it's you know we know him as this playmaking, ball running hooker that we saw at the Raiders because of the halves that he was playing with, and he had to take up more responsibility around the playmaking in that team at Parramatta. We know he won't because he's got Dylan Brown and Mitchie Moses outside him. So, all right, he'll. He reined it in a little bit with his running game. So there's probably your first concern about coming back from an ACL injury and being a bit older. He'll still run it and be effective, but it'll be a lot about his service, which is superb. Yep. Uh, he'll take pressure off the organising. He's got a great kicking game. So mm. I just think, you know, we go, all right, you know, they, they've lost Reed Marnie. Josh Hodgson, like, oh. Yeah. I, not I a bad think, pick I up. I think they'll be all right. Yeah. yeah. I also think with Josh Hodgson, like, I think the thing that he definitely does better than. Um, what the dummy off of Reed Marnie? I've got his name for him. What Reed? <laughs> top shelf stuff here. Yeah. What Reed Marnie did last year? Like, I think that Hodgson's a little bit more crafty around the ruck. Mm. Those one or two steps Definitely. that he's able to take to draw mm. markers in and all that sort of stuff. Which I think Reed's still got. A, I think Reed's got the best pass in rugby league. Mm. But as far as just around the, uh, the around the ruck and moving markers around, I think Hodgson's got the advantage there. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, um, to be clear, like Reed's what 23, 24? Yep. Mm. plenty of years to work 100%. on that craft. Yep. Um, I'd actually say Reed's a better defensive hooker than Hodgson. So, like, it's anyway. It's it's. I agree with you guys. If he can get to the eighty-five to ninety percent, they haven't lost that much. Maybe they've lost. Uh, yeah, they haven't lost that much. But we'll see. We'll see. But back to the Indigenous All Stars. Uh, look, I can't wait to see Latrell Mitchell, Cody Walker, Selwyn Cobbo, Obviously, um, Selwyn Cobbo is going to be an interesting one because it's his first game since the comments. Now, by all reports, they buried the hatchet. It's done. It's dusted. Uh, but it is going to be interesting to see a guy like Selwyn, he's his second year of first grade. Is he going to be as fit? Is he going to be as fast? All of those things. You know, sometimes uh, 
he can you can have this crazy first year and then the second year in the preseason maybe you're fatigued and you you, you don't put as much you, ca- you can't put as much effort in because of the big first grade season you just had we've seen plenty of rookies come in in their second year they struggle uh and look selwyn cobo is a different breed like look we're talking about genetically and just that he's his footy smarts are just on another level but it is going to be almost the first test of are we going to see the best of Selwyn or are we going to see a Selwyn that, you know, may drop a few balls, may, may make a few errors? It's the other thing about him that like, the age he's at, his body's still changing. Oh, body's yeah. still developing. So, and I, I think that's something that I think people sleep on when they talk about second year syndrome with these 18, 19 year olds that come in that, you know, they've got like, if you go and watch like, and I, I, I know that people don't like um, the comparison, but if you go and watch GI and Luttrell in their first year, second, third, their body looks different every single year mm. until they plateau at that 2021 and then that's their body shape. So mm. it's going to be a big test for Cobbo. Yeah, really big test. And then obviously the drama on, in the off-season to see where his head's at. Do, um, we, do we see uh, do we see Cobbo coming in at centre for them? And we have Josh Adokar and maybe Brent Naden on the wings, Jackie White and probably at centre with Cobbo. Or do you think Cobbo plays on the wing and Naden out of that starting side? I, I see... I like him on the wing because he gets more involved. I do too, you know, yeah, for sure. Whereas, like, yeah, I don't want to stick him at centre and him just sitting out there doing, you know, whatever. And, and Naden, the thing with Naden as well, he'll go looking for carries. Like, mm-hmm. he loves the scoots and all that kind of stuff. Not to say Selwyn won't, but I do think Naden is more inclined from centre to go looking for it, whereas Selwyn would be a strike weapon. So probably Selwyn, you'd ha- you think they'll play Selwyn wing, maybe so. Naden at centre? Well, because if you play, you've got, then you've got Adokar, Selwyn on the wings, which is like, holy yeah. shit, with Latrell at fullback, like... We spoke about, that the, we spoke about the importance of the back three for yeah. them to win this game against the forward pack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so you, you want your first two, three skews. Yep. Adokar, Selwyn Cobo, Latrell Mitchell. I would do the same. Park. I, yeah, but I, it's I wonder be if they go the other well, way. Well, and also you, you could make the argument, maybe Selwyn wants to play centre. And mm. because he's a superstar, he, he gets what he wants. Like, mm. well, he's close to a superstar. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see. I think it comes down to who they want in the team more, Brenton Aiden <clears> or Tyrell Sloan. If they want Sloan in the side, maybe he goes to the wing and then Cobbo plays centre. Mm. But I, I would go with what you guys are saying. I'd I go Cobbo big bodies, wing. Yeah. yeah, 100%. Um, Ezra Mam, I probably won't get that much time. I'd say he'd be probably a 14 for them. Uh, but you've got Cody Walker and Nico Hines. Like, how good, like, the Indigenous side has the Dally M player of the year in seven. Mm. I'm trying to think, like, when would, would that <laughs> probably never happen before? The seven outside that of Thurston, had. yeah. Yeah, outside of Thurston. Like well, and then, and then did he win the Dally M though that year that he played? Oh, probably, you know what he won. He won, he so won about nineteen. Times, yeah, so. And then it's also pushing the past Dally M winner Jack Whiten yeah. at five eight yeah. out of the halves. Yeah, because got Cody Walker there. Like <laughs> crazy, so many points. In and it was a year, the year that Cody Walker killed it was the Tom Trevojevich year, wasn't it? Yep. And so, like, just that the strength around their halves is just it's it's could, so impressive. Could very very nearly have had yeah three Dally M winning halves in the side in the side yeah. which is just incredible yeah. like incredible um what do you got there maddie i was just gonna say thurston he obviously obviously won a lot of dallyams but uh he didn't play in the 2016 all-star so the 2015 one doesn't he wasn't there for that so the like, earliest one for him was 2010 so we're going back he won it in years. 2014 too though dallyam that was the year he tied it yep Yep, ignore, ignore everything I said, sorry. Okay. Yeah. So the so obviously Thurston, one of the goats, yeah. outside of that, hmm. shirt like, wow. I mean, super impressive. So Nico Hines at seven, can't wait. He is, again, another big game for a guy like Nico Hines, like 
it, it's one thing going to a club as was he even the seven last year? What what did he play for the Indigenous All Stars last year? He did play. I remember him playing. Was he on the bench. Or something? I don't think he would have been the seven. I think he would have come off the pine. Yeah, which is it's just like the journey. But it's one thing going into the season as you had a really good half a year, at, not half a year, but like as in he got half a year of opportunity at the Storm. Big signing for Sharkies. But remember, this time last year, like I, I felt Hines could be a seven, but there was arguments as to was he a fullback or a six. All right, so he played six last year. Do you remember who played seven? Braden Trindle. Yeah, right. Wow. And now he's a seven. Far out. Um, so he played six last year. Okay. Yep. Anyway, it's, so, so he comes in last year, relatively big signing, relatively big signing. But now he comes into this season as the Dalian player and one of the biggest names in rugby league. It's gonna, and he, I know he's got a mental coach on that, <laughs> and I back Hines in to kill it. But that's a different kettle of fish. Yeah, I was going to say that. And it's easy to come in off the Dalian medal, like how the confidence you'll have. Mm. But there's also the pressure that comes yeah. with it. There's two things. There's pressure of, all right, you're now expected to be one of the top players in the game each and every single week. And mm. I don't think any of us are doubting that you know, he's capable of doing that. But the other thing is that players newer to the game and, and newer to the NRL, like Nico's got what? He was a bench player for Melbourne mm. two seasons ago killed it last year in a new position but teams work you out they they find your, your limitations they find your weaknesses and they work out your game well probably more so they find your strengths and then they find ways of shutting down those strengths it happens mm. to a lot of great halves yeah so i suppose playing a very devil's advocate role here but is there a chance nico regresses a lot this season and there's so much pressure on his shoulders the sharks are now a team that they're not expected to, to you know, push for the eight. They're expected to be pushing for top four and then hopefully further on us. So yeah. uh, really interesting to see how he responds this year. Oh, absolutely. Totally agree. Like, <laughs> even little things like going into last year on the, on the team sheet, he would have been on the team sheet, but it wouldn't have been like, if you get a free shot at his ribs, you fucking take mm. it. All these little things that the big superstar, like, look, look how much clearer he gets hit. Moses gets hit. Whack him late all, like all the time. And so all these little things he's going to have to deal with this year. I, I think he'll handle it, but it, it is going to be a mammoth task. Isn't it crazy? Just as Matty said, you go back to this game last year, Braden Trindle was the seven, Nico Hines was the six. They're mm. at the same club. Mm. Nico Hines ends up winning Dally M at halfback at the Sharks, mm-hmm. but first rep game of the year, Trindle was it. And that was a conversation we're having at the start of the year. Yeah, yeah. Hines has to be there somewhere, but is Trindle the better, not the better player, but is he the better halfback potentially? Yeah. Well, I, my argument last year was because Hines needs to be your main man. Yeah. And I just didn't know whether Trindle could be that yet. Um, I think Trindle's still got a, a really, really bright future. But it's, yeah, crazy as like a year in footy. It's a lifetime. It's a bloody lifetime. And their starting hooker was Reuben Cotter, who was a kangaroo front row by the end of the year. That's fucking wild. Reuben yeah. Cotter at nine. And we have to say it every time we bring up his name, someone did predict that he'd play Origin. No, I don't like to talk about <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Sucks that Cotter can't play this year, obviously injured. Or Yeah, as I said, I, I think that this year is probably the exception with a lot of these guys because they are coming off the World Cup with a yeah. shorter preseason and whatnot. You've also got a lot of guys at the Dolphins too who I understand if Wayne wants to keep that team together. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that this might, year might be the exception as far as there not being as many guys available. I do think, though, like, and, and I, I agree with everything you said, the World Cup, the new, new team in the comp, rah, rah, but I do think that this is one game where clubs just have to swallow it yep. and just mm. go, boys, if you want to go, you go. 
Like the nines and that, I understand, I get it, rah, rah, but this is too important. This is way too important to not be having the best players out there. Um, yeah, like you, you can look through these squads and you can see the clubs that it looks like have pretty much said, not this year. Yeah, which is, I understand because of the World Cup, but let's hope, let's hope that that does not become a trend because this is too important this game. And shout out to the clubs that have allowed their players to go and play yeah, and are for all sure. for it. Good on them. Uh, now onto the multi side. Jesse Arthurs, Dejan Asi, Asafa Solomona, Zach Docker Clay, James Fisher Harris, Corey Hadawiranara, Morgan Harper, Royce Hunt, Joey Manu, Zane Musgrave, Britton Nikora, Hayes Perham, Adam Pompey, Jordan Rapana, Jordan Ricky, uh, Joseph Tarpane, Stafford Toa, Hargreaves, Walker, Wateni Zalesniak. That forward pack is motherfucking scary. Oh. It's motherfucking scary. I went through my side the other day and I couldn't fit Nass into the starting team. Craziness. And I think if you were to put him on the Indigenous side, he'd be my first pick forward. So yeah. it's uh, it's pretty scary. I think the big question with this side is where do you play Joey Manu? Yeah, I mean, I'd probably put him at fullback. So would I, a lot of people are going 5-8 though, which I don't know. I personally think in the modern game, you'll get more out of him at fullback. Mm. Well, I think at, at six, like, you know, he's not going to get as much open space. And you want him in open space. He's one of yep. the best ball in the comp. Uh, but yeah, maybe six. Who would play fullback then? Would you go Jesse Arthurs maybe? Hayes Perham. Hayes, Hayes Perham's the one yeah. that's he's reportedly going to play fullback for Canterbury this year. So he'd that's, probably yeah, be the really one. interesting. We'll, we'll get into the doggies chat because that is a, a huge call. Which, you know, th these sides do have a bit of a history oh, of... Oh, Dallin might play fullback. Dallin could play True. fullback too. If a, if a guy's going to play a different position at club land, you remember with KP when he came out and said he was playing 5-8 a few years ago, they picked him at 5-8 in mm. this game. So maybe they take that stuff into consideration, mm. but uh, I'd be playing Manu at fullback. Mm. I also think at 5-8, like you want Manu to be jumping in at dummy half whenever he wants. Yeah. I just think if, if you've got him at 5-8, it sort of screws up one edge. You've got yeah. him constantly through the middle. So well, I'd you be can guarantee the ball's not coming that edge if, no. if he goes in for a scoop. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, crazy forward pack. Uh, going to be interesting to see. Obviously, Fisher-Harris, love watching him play. Big Nelson, is he off contract this year? There's been a bit I'm of chat sure. around the Storm saying they're desperate to keep him. Um, but he, you know, like, I think because he's down at Melbourne, even though he gets a lot of raps, uh, the impact he has on a consistent basis is f phenomenal. Yeah, he's only contracted to the end of this year. End of this year. So this could be a gigantic year for the big fella. <laughs> Uh, if you had to pay for Nelson, open market, how much are you paying? How much would I pay yep. at a stable club? Fives? Five? Mate, I'd go, I'd go up to like six or seven. He's that Sixes impactful. Maybe. He skittles teams constantly. What do you reckon, Timmy? Yeah, I think six. Mm. I don't think I'd pay more for him because, like what, he's probably a 45, 50 minute player max. Mm. Like, if you put him on an edge, you could get more minutes out of him. His job is to go out there and, as you said, have a stack of runs in a short amount of time, skittle blokes, go hard, mm. come off. That's his role. But, you know, for a 45-minute sort of player, anything over 600 is a lot of money. Mm. But, yeah, I, I would go the 550 to 6. I can, like, see, I can see why clubs would go more. Yeah, for sure. Because like I'm thinking of, like, a bottom tier – like, for example, Dragons. Mm. Imagine if they had Nelson. Yeah. You, Dragons, you'd probably, probably pay 7 for him right now. Uh, you and know, yeah, the, the dragons would yeah. love some. Well, it, like it would change their whole forward pack yeah. from like you know a battler gets through hard work to oh they can actually bend teams apart now. Yeah, and that's where if I'm a stable club, I'm paying fives. 
if I'm paying overs, you head into that yeah. six, seven to- territory. Mm. But yeah, I, I think if Nelson does leave, he'll end up at one of those sides. I always forget how young he is too. He's only 26, mate. Wow. He is, yeah, he's phenomenal, <laughs> and he's also he play he, aver- he plays averages like 20 games a year or some shit like yeah, that. Maybe that, that's more. what people say. The, the last two years, he's missed a few games, but I think it was his first four years mm. coincided with Cam Smith's last four years. And he played more games than Cam Smith did in those last few years. Crazy. Yeah, he's only played under 20 games once since 2016. And the lowest in there was 20 in 2020. Other than that, it's 23 a year. I mean, for one the year. biggest guy on the field, yeah. that says a lot. Um, I do think last year was probably, he dodged suspensions unbelievably <laughs> last year. But credit to him. What about a forward pack? So, yeah, I mean, I can't wait to see Nelson. A forward pack with a front row of Fisher, Harris and Hargreaves. Is that one of the scariest all time or what? And then on that, you've got Tappany at lock in that middle rotation yep. and Nass off the bench. Oh. That, that honestly, scariness-wise, goes against any four-pack that, that, you, that you could trot out. That's craziness. Um, so that, that's what you have the comparison of these two teams. They're so different in every way. You look at that pack compared to the Indigenous All-Stars pack, but then the spine is where the concern is. They'll have, what, probably Zach Docker-Clay at number nine, do we think? I think so. He'll yep. be their starting nine. The halves, if they play Marno at fullback, it will be like, what, Dion Assi and maybe... Walker, maybe? I think you're going walker uh, Maybe an Assi-Walker combination. Mm. And we just spoke about having three of the best halves in the competition in yeah. the Indigenous side. So, as I said, I think... I side with the team with the substantially better forward pack, mm. but... Anything could happen. Oh, 100%. I also think, like, the Indigenous halves are substantially better than the Māori halves. Yeah. And that could be a real... Like, you can have a great four-pack. If you've got no one steering you around, you're just yeah. taking hit-ups. And no one's taking advantage of the, yeah. of the you know, crazy four-pack that you have. But it's still such a yin and yang. It's such a yin and yang. I mean, we haven't even spoken about Royce Hunt. Like, mm. he was a guy that killed it last year. Um, so really exciting. Uh, a guy, Jordan Ricky. I mean, such an important season for Jordan Ricky. Like, it's not now or never because he's so young, but he does need to. He does need to step up into who we all know he can be. We see his physique. We see flashes of brilliance. Uh, he needs to start to get going, in my opinion. Yeah, and there is flash of brilliance, but there's also two errors every single game, mm. without a doubt, with Jordan. And he's young. You know, he's still growing and whatnot, but. That's something he needs to get out of his game for sure. Well, you just you can't coast. You, you can't afford to. Con- I'm not saying that he's intentionally coasting, but I feel like at the moment, you know, he came on the scene and he's kind of plateaued a bit for the last year or two. He needs to take the next step if he wants to be, you know, playing for the Kiwis and all that kind of stuff. Because we all know, like talent-wise, as an Ed back rower, I'd say he's up there with the better back rowers. Like talent-wise, he's got great footwork. He can hit when he wants to. Great line runner. Uh, like good fitness usually um so this is a massive year for jordan and and i hope he does i really really do hope he finds his form especially now that you know he he can't blame it on the halfback he's got one of the premium halfbacks in the competition on his edge he's got stags outside him so there's no reason why he shouldn't go to the next level this year and i mean and like when um oh man i forgot his name went to the panthers at the broncos hosking hoskings when he came in he had impact yep and so Ricky is is as talented, if not more talented than Hostings mm. uh, naturally. He can have that impact too. Just needs to end another year with Reynolds, another year with um, with Stags outside him. 
everything is set up for him to have a massive year. I really hope he has a massive year because his talent is it's there for everyone to see, physically imposing. Um, hopefully, he can sort that out. Uh, is there anyone else that stands out for you? I'm looking forward to watching um, CHN again, Haru Onara. I yeah. mean, like, he's just so fucking talented. Mm. Oh, I think he's one of the more untapped talents in this league. But you look at the Canberra's lineup, you can probably talk more, but I don't know where you fit him. Mm. I'd love to see him come out in this game and have a huge game and really put some pressure on um, Ricky Stewart to find a spot for him. Yeah, there's just, there's hardly, a sp- unless. Maybe 13? Yeah, 13's th- where they could do it. Mm. Um, you know. <coughs> Their pack is so stacked that that's about the only area they will go. I don't think they will. I think they're going to keep him on the bench for at least the early stages of the season. Mm. Um, I think they'll probably lean towards more like a, a Coy Horsburgh or yeah. maybe Emre Gula has apparently had a massive preseason. The big fella? Yeah. So I would really like to One see... One of the great him. names, Emre Gula. Again, <laughs> a bloke who was obviously in and around that Queensland set up for a mm. while there and he's such a good footballer, but with the strength of the pack the Raiders have had in recent years just hasn't had the opportunity. Mm. Obviously, Adam Elliott gone this year, Ryan Sutton, so there are opportunities open up. Mm. And I think Emre can be one of the big beneficiaries. Yeah, for sure. He, and he, there was a period there, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, where he was putting up some real good numbers, real yeah. good numbers off the bench. Um, outside of that, yeah, super exciting. Like, it's it's just one of those games where absolute fireworks. And it's the first one in New Zealand. Yeah, just, just one more guy to watch too, Zach Docker-Clay. I assume that he will play um, hooker in this game. Should be no. He's actually signed with the North Sydney Bears for this year. Who mm. they're on a they're not affiliated with an NRL team at the moment. So he's a, he's another guy that and we've seen it a number of times over the years. Who was he with before? He was with Canterbury last year, mm. um, and now he's joined North Sydney, who aren't affiliated with the Roosters, Rabbitohs, anyone. So if he has a big game in this one, it could like it's a good opportunity for him to hopefully try and get a contract oh, elsewhere. Mate, probably the biggest opportunity he's going to have all year. To get uh, and this game has produced so many of these guys over the years, like guys that you look at and go, oh, they're washed up, they're not going to make it. Like George mm. Rose has come out and had some huge games in yeah, his Josh Georgia. Kerr a few years ago. It's tremendous. Um, the the hooker from about ten years ago, I think his last name was. Waddell, I think it was, the Indigenous side. Can you show the former Raider a bit more respect, mate? What was his first name? Travis Waddell. Travis Waddell, that was it. He didn't have a contract with a club. <coughs> Wayne Bennett called him in and then he signed. Did he end up signing with Brisbane after that, I think? Or he nice. got a contract off the back of it. Yeah. Maybe he nice. ended up getting yeah. a, a shot somewhere. So, yeah, yeah I hope, uh, he's one guy that I'll be keeping an eye on. Could be wrong. I believe Travis Waddell was in the inaugural Toyota Cup winning Canberra Raiders. He was in that <laughs> side, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, leave your disrespect at the door next time. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, interesting. Adam Pompey, really interesting. Super talented kid from the Warriors. Uh, huge year for him because, like, we talk about a lot with the, the Warriors outside backs, attacking wise, they've got all this talent. Defensively, they just need a bit to shore things up. But he's got, honestly, like, the, if the Warriors can do one thing, it's, cr- it's uh, bring through the system incredibly gifted outside backs uh so it's gonna i want to really i guess watch him closely and see how he goes see what he's worked on see what he hasn't worked on but he's another one that could have a, a breakout game yeah Stafford Tower is another one too he's at the west tigers at the moment they've got tommy talao coming back from injury and whatnot so uh i don't think he's locked into that side at the moment but with a big game here he, he could put himself into that tiger side for sure. We should sure. get another opportunity to see Jordan Rapana kick goals, which is always <laughs> a, a victory treat. for the fans. <laughs> <laughs> He's the fans' goal kicker. Oh, I love that he just keeps having a crack. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, he, his journey is its one of the more, I guess, inspiring journeys. You know, basically being squeezed out of the, the Raiders, 
Um, you know, obviously they've got no loyalty down there at the Raiders, but whatever. They, he gets squeezed out. <laughs> he gets squeezed out, goes to Japanese rugby. Then he wants to come back. They can't COVID. afford him. COVID. COVID yeah. Well, you know, you, you can tell the story. Jordi Rupana's story is, is unbelievable, and he's one of the most likable blokes in the NRL. Mm. When he went over to Japanese rugby, COVID hit, the competition got canned, so he had to come straight back to rugby league. Yeah. And obviously ended up back at the Raiders. Mm. Um, and because he hadn't played footy in a fair while because of all this, he came back and he was a little bit slow and people are sort of thinking, you know, is he, is he over the hill? He's getting a bit older, over 30 and that. But, and then he was outstanding again last season, was great in the World Cup for the Kiwis. But Jordi <coughs> Rapana, he'd be a great one for your player interviews. Have you ever had rapper? Years and years ago. Because he, he also went on a Mormon Yeah, went on a Mormon mission well. for two years overseas. Because he played for the Titans, mm. played really well. Didn't he end up at like the Brumbies or something? Went to the, went overseas for a couple of years and then he came back, yeah, I think. Yeah, played rugby mm. for a while but like the background of the bloke his heritage is out he's got he's got a bit of everything from every country on the planet in him Jordi yeah, Rapana wow. um, biggest Lord of the Rings and Game, Game of Thrones fan of all time so yeah. you, you'll get along well oh, so I got we, all we um, did we spoke about it when he was on the potty I'll have to get <laughs> yeah, him back on mate, if he, he wants he'll to he'll be obviously. an absolute ripper for you so yeah. I think you'll line up rapper um, yeah it's funny like when he had on the podcast that's what I was talking to him about Lord of the Rings and Game <laughs> yeah. of Thrones um, but yeah like his, his journey and, and his ability I'll be honest, when he did initially get squeezed out, went over to rugby, I was like, yeah, I think it's good timing. Like, I think his career is probably, you know, can he week in, week out, do it uh, at this age? And then he comes back and, like, he's almost a guaranteed pick in the, the Raiders' side with some of the best young outside backs in the comp. Before he, his resurgent, when he was re-signed at the Raiders, sort of mid to late 20s, he was playing club rugby in Canberra. <laughs> mm. He would have been tearing that apart. Yeah, and then he came back from that and won... He'd probably have numerous Dalian winning of the year, or at least one. Mm. And yeah. also, he he had one of the worst injuries of all time. He got a, a fractured head. skull. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Like so. his story is pretty incredible. Yeah. Like it's Cracker. pretty incredible. Um, so great to see the great Geordie Rapana, and also from what Bowl reports, like a real locker room guy. The boys absolutely love him. Um, so yeah, cannot wait for that game. We will. Don't worry. We'll get our predictions in next week before the game, guys. You can and you can. It's it all begins, guys. Where you can start saying you've I got that right. I got this right. Um, so can't wait. Cannot wait. Now, huge news at the doggies. Uh, Bulldogs reportedly have pulled out of the race for Mitchell Moses, according to Phil Good on Twitter, saying they have other priorities at this time. Carl uh, Ola, Olapu, Olapu, Olapu. Signs with Bulldogs after Broncos granted him an early release and there is reportedly a 500k transfer fee. This is what he said about the Broncos last year. I was between managers when I signed with the Broncos. I only went to see them with my older brother, Joe, for advice. They gave me a document that was more than 60 pages long and told me to sign it. I tried to read and understand it all in 30 minutes, but without a manager or legal advice, it was very hard. The club told me I'd be in top 30 full-time players next year and that I'd be playing my preferred position of 5'8" and that I'd meet Kevy Walters. So I was happy. They gave me a chicken sandwich, and that was it. <laughs> we were shown the door. It didn't feel right. Since then, I've been told I'm not a part of the full-time squad, and they want me to play at locker hooker and change the shape of my body. Uh, he also said that he would never play for the Broncos, no matter what, until he's... Can you get the quote up, please? I will never play for, the, for Brisbane as long as I live. <clears throat> wow. Um, so this guy is a extremely highly touted you know, half apparently can play all the way into 13, maybe even any outside back position. So very, very talented, huge, huge wraps on him. 
Uh, look, I'll talk about the Broncos stuff first. Obviously, when I read this last year and it was posted everywhere on social media, I didn't post it because, you know, this is a young kid that, uh, you know, he's very passionate about the way he feels and the way he feels he's been treated. Um, but when you're young, sometimes you probably don't realise the impact of your words. And look, maybe he stands by what he said and like fair play to him. Um, so I can't really, obviously, he, you know, he can be held accountable for what he says, but as an 18, 17 year old, 18 year old, um, you know, I'm not gonna hold him to the same standard that I hold a, a seasoned profession, like professional that's in his fifth year of first grade. Uh, if, if if he came out and he has been playing for the club in five years and he said something like that, then it would hurt me a lot more. It did hurt to hear that he would never play for the Broncos, have been an ex-player and it meaning so much to me and then all the legends that have come through the club and everything that they've done for that, that jersey. But I understand his issue was with the management rather than the playing group. Um, so, you know, I'll try to keep my bias out of it for sure, as I always try to do. But yeah, it definitely did. It did uh, hurt as an ex-Bronco. But if he was treated like that, as he says, that's no way to treat any player. Just for like a, a little, little more context. So he signed a three-year deal after that all went down. And that's when he said that he wanted a release after that. And that's when he said, I just want a release, chance to play football. I can promise you one thing. I'll never play for the Broncos as long as I live. They've broken promises to me and left me brokenhearted. Yeah, so because he just signed a three-year deal and then the report's out saying that he wanted to be upgraded. But then he's obviously saying that, no, this is, this is what happened. As I said, if that's what happened, then you know no one should ever be treated like that, regardless of if they're a first grader or not. Um, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure the ins and outs. I'm not sure the details, so I can't really speculate on whether, you know, something else happened. But anyway, your thoughts on the first the Broncos situation? Make a statement off the top. If there's any NRL recruitment officers out there? You want a lazy front rower? I'll sign for a chicken sandwich without a fucking <laughs> <laughs> Sounds sensational. Uh, yeah, mate. And when I heard these comments last year. I hadn't seen too much of him. Mm. I sort of thought it's a bit of a red flag mm. to me when I first heard them. Uh, you get a bit more context, comes a little bit more clear, but it's also clubs are always going to do this sort of stuff. Mm. You've got to you've got to be on your toes when you're a young guy coming into this system. You've got to you know you need to have your manager next to you at all times. I think mm. I, I think it's a lesson for him and for a lot of young guys out there. Um, did he need to come out and make that comment? I'm not sure if he did before he's even playing first grade or whatever. Um, but, you know, he's a very talented guy. I, I watched his highlights last week and I sort of questioned, is he just bigger than the other guys he's playing against? Uh, and then I spoke to someone that was there for the state cup and all that and watched him play through all that and someone that I really trust their opinion. And they said he's the real deal. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's a really good effort for Canterbury. I noted there that he said that he didn't want to play hooker or lock or anything. I personally think he will be a 13. Mm. Just by looking at his body shape and his skill set, his defence, I think he will be a 13 long term. And I reckon the Canterbury will try and turn him into that. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, I think, as I said, although I think we both agree, probably shouldn't have said it, he's so young, I'm not going to hold that yep. again. Like, like, that's his opinion. That's his opinion. He, it's, it's, and he's 18. Like, <laughs> I said way dumber shit when I was 18. 100%. Yeah. Way dumber shit. Um, and that's and you could argue that's not even dumb because if if what happened if he says what happened actually happened, then I think he has every right to be pissed off. Like that's outrageous if that's what really happened. Like outrageous, uh, Timmy. Yeah, I'm so excited to to see him play this year. And as you said, the raps on him are, are enormous. From just everyone I've spoken to, and it's it's hard. You don't want to be adding any pressure to these young boys coming through. But you're in the NRL spotlight now, and unfortunately, it is what it is. And you're going to keep getting raps and spoken about and. 
like I genuinely believe again more on what I've heard and, and seen a little bit of him play, but that he's a chance to play NRL this year. Mm. You know, it wouldn't be a round one thing. He he hasn't played against the men yet, and, mm. and that's like anything going to be the big challenge for him. But players in recent halves in recent years, I suppose, that have come through and, and had a crack at the NRL at eighteen years old have been Sammy Walker, Ezra Mam, who have obviously you know already have bright careers ahead of them and have done well mm. in top grade. I suppose an issue for them early on is, you know, their smaller bodies, defensively an issue. He's like 100 kilos, this young fella. And apparently defensively he's just a monster. Mm. Doesn't just make his tackles, but whacks in defence. So when you're going in there at 18 and you've got the weight, the same weight as everyone around you, it's like, well, that's going to help a lot. So he'll obviously start off, he's still eligible for SG Ball, I believe. Mm. That's like, he's very young, but the fact that there is talk to him potentially playing this year shows the expectations they've got on him. Um, as you said, he could evolve into a lock guru. Uh, I think they probably, in an ideal world, see him as the long-term partner in that side to Matty Burton in the halves. Again, Flano's going to have his opportunity this year to cement his spot, but can play anywhere in the back line. So if, if injuries fall and he's killing it in New South Wales Cup or wherever they're playing him, I suspect it'll probably be New South Wales Cup because they think he's ready to play with men. Uh, we, we could see him this year. And that's the other thing just to note, as Tim said, he's still able to play SG Ball. Mm. People watching, like, SG Ball used to be under 18s. It is under 19s now. Mm. So when you do so that, it's not as crazy as what it used to be mm. a mm. couple of years ago. But yeah, he is still very young, very raw. Was in the schoolboys side last year, mm. so... Yeah, look, um, so Broncos stuff aside, uh, first of all, from a Broncos perspective, even the fact that, let's say the Broncos did nothing wrong and, and you know, the kid's in the wrong, when we don't know that, we don't know that at all, but even still, this is another young half that we have managed to not keep. Yeah. That's concerning. Wow. Again, even if it's not the Broncos' fault in regards to, let's say everything he just said it wasn't true, we are still struggling to keep this next generational superstar happy. Um, you know, obviously Sam Walker, you've got the Reese Walsh, I mean, the, the, the list goes on. And so Broncos really need to look at that pathway system and going, what is happening here where players are getting so upset that they're willing to leave? Now, it, like, let's say what the kid has said is true, um, Carl, what, let's say what is true. Like, there is a world where something like that could happen. There is a world where because he's 17, 18, he's already signed onto the club yeah we've already got him yeah no we'll, we'll come see him in a few weeks or whatever mm. but whenever you hear about the storm you know the roosters identifying a player and going after him bellamy i remember the story uh bo champion bo champion who had just like one good year but the storm wanted him to come and we're not talking about like mick crocker or anything we're talking about bo champion who you know all due respect to him had a really good year but he wasn't an international or anything at that stage yet um and he, he was telling me that Bellamy was sending him like texts that were like paragraph after paragraph saying what he wanted, how important he would be for the club, all this kind of stuff. Mm. Now, I don't know whether that's what the Broncos are or are not doing, but we clearly have an issue with this, this the step between our first grade squad and underneath when it comes to halves. We're really struggling. We're really, really struggling. Um, and so I, I hope that isn't what happened where he just walked in and was just handed a contract and... Here's a sandwich. See you later, uh, because if, if he's as even if he's even eighty percent as good as what people think he is, he should have the red carpet rolled out for him, mate. And I understand you don't want to make him entitled, but at the same time, you also want to show them the respect and the importance they will become to the club. 
Um, so from that perspective, again, I don't know the ins and outs. I don't know who's right, who's wrong. At the end of the day, the Broncos have lost another good half. That's all that matters, in my opinion, and that's disappointing. Uh, but, you know, maybe they're trying to set standards. I'm not sure. Now, onto the Bulldogs. Uh, incredible good get. The incredible, like the, the Bulldogs as a club turnaround in this last, what, 12 to whatever months has been nothing short of phenomenal. To get a guy that won player of the tournament at 13 for Australia. Yep. Player of the tournament out of a contract with the Broncos. And I understand they paid, well, reportedly paid a fair bit for him. But again, these are the big plays that can change your club's trajectory. Now, imagine this. Imagine Nathan Cleary, when he was coming through, a club took the gamble, let's say the Warriors, and did everything, paid Ivan Cleary a million and a half to say to get his son there. These are the big gambles that they can obviously blow up in your face for sure. This doesn't seem like too big of a one because he's not on a million dollars a year. Imagine a club had been able to get Nathan Cleary when he was 18. Because like the raps on this kid are probably similar, maybe even more than when Cleary was coming through. Now Cleary obviously has gone on to be, you know, on target to be one of the greatest of all time. But again, these are the risks you need to take to change a club's, like if he comes out and he becomes a seven that we all, hope he can be and, and it's looking like he could be like how many guaranteed premierships are Penrith based like Cleary could go to any club right now in my opinion and take that team to a premiership mm. in, the, in the next 10 years I honestly think that's how good he is yep. so when you get a young talent that is again he hasn't played first grade we don't know what he's going to be but you still have to risk something to get guys like this incredible get from the Bulldogs and I'm um, happy for the kid as well like he's he would be stoked he's got Gus Gould down there they're, they're backed by the Laundy group which is a massive group it is extremely exciting times for the doggies so exciting the fact that they're willing to pull out of the Mitchell Moses race publicly and go, nah, this is the kid we're going to follow after. And it will be interesting, you know, as you said, he could be the long-term partner to Matt Burton and, you know, using the example of Nico Hines before, like we said, at the start of last year, we sort of looked at Nico Hines and went, he's not your traditional seven. Is he going to be okay? But he's the best player on the field. You want him to take control of that side. It could be Matt Burton in a similar spot. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. In a year or two years' time. That's a really good point. It could be this kid potentially, but I would more lean towards maybe Matt Burton. The the halfback spot, it seems like you can get away with it being a little bit bit more orthodox, I guess you could say. Mm. Uh, Unorthodox, sorry, to make it work. Mm. Well, look, if he's already got this amount of wraps on him, he's clearly got the potential and ability, if he's willing to work hard enough, to probably play anywhere in the back line. And from 13 all the way to 1... He's clearly got the talent. It's just a matter of like where he wants to focus that talent on. And I'll tell you, like if he if he doesn't want to be a third A, and I think the biggest thing going against him, as Tim said, his defense is fucking incredible. Mm. Like you watch oh, his highlights, yeah. and it's it's his defense that stood out to mm. me. And just quickly, there might be some people going, "Oh, you know, why are you talking about the kid? It's too much pressure. He's only eighteen, rah, rah. The reason why I'm okay with talking about him on the podcast is because he's come out and spoken publicly multiple occasions now. So he's clearly okay with being in the public eye. It'd be different if he was an 18 year old and we'd never seen a quote from him. Um, that's where I, I try not to speak about, even when like Suwali'i came through for a while, we didn't hear any quotes or anything like that. So I tried to stay away from, from the topic, but for people that are like, oh, he hasn't played first grade yet, you know, wait till he is. It's like, it, it does seem like he's okay with being in the limelight because he, you know, he's already been talking yeah. to media and all that kind of stuff. And that, as you said, mate, it's, the fact that the doggies have pulled out of the race for Mitchell Moses, who they were very keen on, they've gone, nah, 
they're clearly investing in their youth. They're taking the same model that Gus Gould had at the Panthers and mm. planning for the future. The average age of their squad is 24. I wouldn't say there's any ageing players in their squad that are sort of in the twilight of their career and on a downward trend. They're just... Every player in that squad is on the up, mm. building for the next couple of years, and they've gone, all right, let's get the young fella in there and then save an extra one and a half million dollars mm. uh, that we would have paid for, you know, or well, more over uh, several seasons for Mitch Moses mm. and bolster our depth across the rest of the squad. Yeah. So they've put a lot of faith in, in him to, you know, fulfil his potential in coming years. As we mentioned, it'll be really fascinating to see where he ends up position-wise. If it is that lock forward, what have we spoken about the last 12 months with yeah. the doggies? It's that ball-playing lock they don't have. Yeah. If he's that good and... and Let's say even if not this year, maybe next year he gets his NRL crack, he could be their ball-playing 13, couldn't he? For sure. And I, I think also it kind of, you know, you never want a club to go, oh, we can't win the comp this year. But I think most clubs are realistic in they look at their roster and go, you know, we probably can't win a comp this year. So instead of trying to, like, patch holes and, and win a comp in 12 months' time by going out and signing, how about we go, okay, this squad that we've got currently is probably going to be ready in two to three years, which I actually think is a reasonable, like people might say, that's crazy. They're not even in the top eight yet. I think it's reasonable to say that they have the potential to be challenging, challenging for a premiership in two to three years. Will they do it? That remains to be seen. And like, guess who is going to be firing in two to three years? It's going to be the next big thing coming through the junior system. If you would have said at the end of 2019 that the Panthers, who had just lost James Maloney and had hardly any rep players, were about to go on a big run, you would have got laughed at. Mm. Like, yeah. I think Canterbury are building a really solid squad here. Yeah, for sure. You know, they've got, like, I, I sort of went through my team the other day. I don't know if Andrew Davey's going to be in my best 13. Mm. He's a tremendous player. They've, they've got good outs, good young outside backs, some of the best young outside backs coming Sign through. Um, they've, they've, they've got the six. They've now got the one. They've got the nine. So, could you, so let's say let's say Flano does cement that seven spot. You have a spine of Marnie, Burton, Flano, this young Carl at thirteen, and Critter at fullback. Like, it's fucking good, man. You telling me that isn't close to being good enough to challenge for a top four spot? And this kid doesn't even have to be as good as what people are saying. As you said, if he gets to seventy percent in that squad, yeah, it'd be fantastic. Yeah, we're, t we're talking about a guy that won Player of the Tournament at the Australian. And this is also where you go back and you look through premiership winning teams. They always have guys that they, they get the best out of them a little bit earlier mm. and they don't cost as much. This could all time perfectly mm. over the next two or three years. Oh, absolutely. So really exciting. Um, they, they've, they've also, sorry, Kempi signed, uh, don't know if it's officially signed or reportedly, but Damon Marshall, another really uh, highly regarded prospect from Townsville. Yeah, he signed. He signed. Heard yep. he's a bit of a Paul Gallen clone, just one of them coaches gifts like yep. just does everything right he's the hardest trainer he's a workhorse uh so another really good signing there uh they they're, they're just really dom young will get to it but he's he's apparently toured the bulldogs facility yeah chat around dom young yep. as, as um guru mentioned with andrew david we, we, we see how how highly regarded he is or, or has been at previous clubs they are they're just stacked with, with good players what, what is have you had any word of like Recruitment officers in the game that go out and like look at players play. This Carl kid, like, where do they kind of land him at? I, I have heard, I've heard as, as good as it gets, sort of thing for someone who's yet to be tested against men. So mm. I've asked around and been like, oh, Isaiah Katoa might be a good comparison, and they've said there's no reason why he can't be every bit as good as what we think he's going to be, mm. um, if not better. 
the thing is we've obviously seen Katoa play against men at the World yep. Cup. But yeah, like Katoa territories, if not better. Uh, the other one who'd be the word around, Jacob Preston, uh, who signed from the Roosters and edge back rower, apparently having really, really big preseason at the Bulldogs. He might, be, might feature at some stage as well. So another one to keep an eye out for. Mate, the doggies, they're moving and yeah. shaking. And Frank Pello, we haven't even mentioned him. Yeah. He, he could be another one that explodes. Yeah, and sure. I mean, you'd be a brave man to bet that the last Panthers walked in there. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, Spencerino, who knows? <laughs> Sorry, Penny Panthers fans. The drums are beating. Um, yeah, so look, really exciting. As I said, in regards to the Broncos' comments, yep, a bit hurtful. He's 18, though. Like, I'm not, like you can't expect 18-year-olds to... And, and if he meant it, it's his opinion. I respect his opinion. Um, so don't... If you are a Broncos fan, although it hurts to lose a superstar like this, we were, just remember what you were like when you were young and, and the things that you said. Now, again, he may stand by it for the rest of his days. Then it's just a difference of opinion. He has a difference of opinion. Um, so don't, don't hold it against him too much. And for Doggies fans, get excited. Get super excited. Uh, you know, like, for example, all that hype around Suli'i, when he came through, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, who is this kid? And, you know, like, he hasn't played first grade. There's 16 other clubs right now that would fucking kill to have a guy like Suli. Like, he has gone on, and he's not even close to his potential yet. He, he would have been playing for Australia this year if he had decided to play for Australia. So sometimes the superstars, when they come through, they do end up being what we hope they could be. I think it looks like just an exciting place to be at the moment. Doggies, yeah. Like I, saw, I saw a too. photo the other day of even, like, Andrew Ryan, Mason, Sonny Bill, yeah. and Willie Tonga was yeah, back in the yeah, building. Yeah. Like, that's unreal. It's crazy to think, like, when Addo Carr signed... It was almost like, oh, okay, he's just getting a big contract with the dogs. But no, Addo Carr was like, no, I have a vision for this club mm. and I want to be a part of its change. And he was almost one of the first domino effects. I'm not sure if he was the exact first, but he was at least one of the first domino effects of this club is changing. You know, I love, are we about to talk about the captains? Yeah. Okay, I'll save it. Yeah, yeah I was just going to say as well, that, uh, with the squad they're building in the 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 youth that they're bringing through, it could see ourselves spend a bit of time at Belmore Oval on the hill this year watching a few of their <laughs> games because love getting out to a game at there. Guru will be up there. With Guru's his already got his tickets. Guru, Guru's, <laughs> Guru's already got his season pass. Yeah. That's one of the high, highly regarded scouts in the NRL. They don't even have, have season either, passes. So. He just has one, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he goes to each junior club, says, can I get a season pass? I'm like, mate, we don't, we don't do season pass. They're like, oh, but it's the Guru, so we'll give you one. Make it happen. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, now the captains, uh, Faitala Mariner, will be club captain and will lead the club culture alongside Adokar, Kikau, Max King. So basically a senior playing group led by Faitala Mariner. Game day on-field captaincy will be shared between Reid Marnie and Matty Burton. Now, uh, there was a bit of like, what the hell? What's going on here? So Mariner, basically the club captain of you know, in the dressing sheds, uh, during training, you know, probably I think he may do press conferences unless Burton and, and Marnie are ready to. I actually really think this is a smart setup because what you can do is, is you can get Reed Marnie and Burton, who are their key players in their spine? It's Reed Marnie and Burton. So they're gonna lead the team around anyway. Then after a game, if Burton and Marnie don't wanna do the press conferences and deal with all the media and shit and all that pressure, you put Mariner in there to, to do the press conference and, and you take that, um, the pressure away, and then Ado Car uh, in the, the like leading the club culture. I mean, of course, and then kick out. I like kick out there too. Puts more responsibility on his shoulder. Um, I think this. We were talking of a quite a, what six months ago or three months ago. Who will be the captain? I think they've out of 
the situation they were in where they didn't really have a super experienced key guy to do, I think they've nailed it. Thoughts, Guru? I love it. Uh, I think peop- I saw people online going, six captains. It's not what they've done. Yeah. They haven't gone for six co-captains. They haven't thrown together six blokes and said, work it out between yourselves. Yeah. There is clear structure to how they do it. If I tell a Mariner as club captain, I think that's confused a lot of people. This used to be a really common thing mm. back in the early 2000s. I believe it was um, Stuart Kelly used to be the club captain of the Broncos mm. during the early 2000s. So he would go and do... He gave my nickname, the skirt. <laughs> <laughs> that's Kelly. leadership. Mm, yeah. Called me skirt. And everyone, then everyone after that called me skirt. And then the older generation moved on and, that, and I just let that nickname die. Died there. <laughs> and then it died. But, you know, like I would say by the sounds of that, like he... He had respect from the yeah, team. Sure. He wasn't an on-field guy. He was a winger, so they had him as a club captain, and he would do a lot in media and everything. And when you've got two young captains like this, Reed and Matt Burton, Reed's been at the club for six weeks. Mm. Like, just allow him to get used to what he's doing. Matt Burton, as much as we feel like he's done everything, he's played two and a half years of first grade. Yeah. Realistically, only one of those years has been in, in his position. position yeah. So I love that they've done this. And then Addo Carr, um, kick out, I completely agree with you. The other one's Max King. Max King was playing for the Titans three or four years ago. It was unwanted by them. Went to Melbourne. Wasn't overly successful. Good there, successful, yeah. whatever you want to call it. To then go to Canterbury and then within a year to be a co-captain when you consider the guys, not only they're in this side, but the other guys are in the front row. Like You've got Luke Thompson in this squad as well. For Max King to come as far as he has, I think that's a real credit to him. And I think it's a bit of a sign by Canterbury to say to the rest of them, if you buy in, I don't care what your name is, where you come from, who you are. You can earn respect here. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Like a, a guy that if he missed the 17, I mean, I think he'll be in there 17, but if he missed it, I don't think too many people are going, holy shit, mm. massive robbery in the in the senior playing group. I think a lot of non-Canterbury fans could probably walk past Max King and not realise who he is. Yeah. And that's no disrespect to Max. Like None at all whatsoever, but he's got, he, he's earned respect there and they, they, they've shown that they appreciate what he does. Yeah. Massive rap. Massive rap to Max King. Like, look at the names he's next to. Uh, thoughts, Timmy? Yeah, it's got sort of the, the Gus School blueprint all over it, doesn't it? Just going, you know what, it's in one regard, I suppose, outside the box thinking and just going, well, this works. This works for our club. Our, we've got youthful leaders who can do the job on field, but we several people don't want them doing that off field and being in the limelight. They're in it enough as it is. So why not go for some like Fatal Marin, who's probably more experienced and, and able to voice himself in those you know press conferences, all that sort of thing. So, uh, and as Guru, as you said, that's probably a... A, a setup that happened back in the day a little bit more Gus Gould's probably seen it and gone yep that worked back then it can work for the structure of the club right now uh, I think it's I think it's a fine decision and as you said at the end of the day you, who leads you around the field it's your hooker and your halfback yeah. so you probably want them making decisions on the field and whatnot. like yeah. it can also be tricky at times when there's not a big minute forward not saying Fatal Amarita can't be an 80 minute man because he, he can but when they're coming on and off the field it can you know blur the vision a little bit the boys are out there all the time they call the shots. Yeah. Like it. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, Dom Young touring the facilities, kind of we've spoken about that. So look, Doggies fans, every, like we've seen the structures, we've seen the foundations, we're, everything is falling into place mm. for them to return to a powerhouse. So hopefully it, it happens. We still need to see them, you know, put it out there on the field. I think this year will give us a good indication as to the direction. Um, you know, there still is devil's advocate though. There still is a lot of questions. Rookie coach, even though he's highly touted Serraldo, like, you know, if there was a guy that's going to be a good coach, everyone says this is the guy, but he has not been a head coach yet. Oh, well, he has at the Penrith for a little bit, but the main guy that's going to be there for a long time or whatever, still plenty, they are not there yet. They are absolutely not there yet when you compare him to the top, of the top tier, 
but I do think they're on their way. It's rugby league. You know, there's, there's a couple of teams that fall into this category, but rugby league is so much better when Canterbury's going well. Mm. When Canterbury are, you know, at the top of the ladder, playing for finals footy, the whole dogs of war mentality and everything, it's fucking unreal for yeah. rugby league. Totally agree. Totally agree. Now, uh, for our listeners in Cessnock, Newcastle, the Maitland area, IGA Liquor, Cessnock, they're currently our only stockers in Cessnock, and they're running a special on bloke lager, meaning both lager and midi are $17 a six-pack and $57 a case. Also, Rutherford Hotel Bottle Shop, brand new stockers in Maitland area, they're selling bloke lager for $18 a six-pack and $58 a case, bloke midi for $16 a six-pack and $55 a case. So head into uh, IGA Liquor, Cessnock, grab a case of bloke beer, currently on special. We're also in the Rutherford Hotel Bottle Shop, on special there as well. People are absolutely loving our mid-strength, so if you're a mid-strength drinker, grab a midi, a lager, beautiful, beautiful beer, guys. Um, yeah, people are just like absolutely loving it. It's just getting bigger and bigger, guys. So if you love beer and you want to give it a try, trust me, it's a high, high quality beer. And also, don't forget, listeners that enjoy the podcast, Wednesday, 6 p.m., 50% off everything for 50 hours, including the brand new shirts. Limited numbers. Once everything is gone, we are not doing this sale for minimum another year. Maybe never again. Maybe never again. 50% off everything. We're talking $20 t-shirts, $25 t-shirts. Crazy, crazy. Now, Knight Shark Swap. This has not been confirmed yet. But Lachlan Miller to sign with the Knights if promising forward Max Bradbury signs with the Sharks. He's currently... New South Wales under-19s prop. Uh, look, I think you'll find Lockie Miller will be at the club before the season starts, most likely. It's just a matter of what Newcastle will give up for that. Uh, what do you guys reckon? You reckon this is going to happen or what? I think it will happen. I think Miller will be there pretty soon. Um, it's an interesting one, mate. I, I actually, I'll be honest with you guys, I haven't seen Max Bradbury play before. Mm. But I look at the Newcastle Knights, I go, they're missing one thing, a fullback. Mm. They've got themselves a fullback, and still Knights fans are blowing up about losing this kid. Oh, really? So he must be very talented. I, I think he played, was it New South Wales 19s last year, Matty? Yeah. So considering how much they need a fullback, and that's the missing piece, for them to get one and then be upset that they're losing this kid, it says a lot about him. Mm. Well, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and you've got the Saifidi brothers who are relatively young. You, know, you just need to get the best out of them. Uh, what do you reckon, Tim? You reckon it's going to happen or what? Yeah, it sounds like that all... Going to eventuate. No, I'm a bit like you, Guru. I don't know a lot about him. Obviously, good for the New South 19s, big boy front rower, and doing a bit of research now and just Google his name. And there's a, an article from the Newcastle Herald today, and the start of the story is just good luck to the Newcastle Knights selling this one. Oh, so yeah. they obviously love him up there. There's, yeah, wow. There's obviously okay. big wraps around him. So yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued by it, and yeah, I need to do a little bit more digging. It's such a tough one because, you know, if the Saifidi brothers don't fire, it is a gigantic loss, like you know, because they're putting all their chips into those those boys, losing Clemmer and everything. But if the Saifidi brothers do fire, I mean, the kids hasn't played first grade yet. Whereas, like, you need to win games now, not not in three or four years' time. And if he does go to the Sharks and perform pretty well, he's a local junior as well. As in a Knights local junior. Yep. Oh, it's a tough one. I don't know what the right answer is for this I'm, one. I'm thinking out loud here, but it's. Does it just scream of a coach under pressure sort of situation where, as you said, mate, mm. he needs to win. Adam O'Brien needs to win games now. Right now. He needs Lockie Miller now, the young bloke, the front rower. Bradbury's probably going – and I don't know. I could yeah. be wrong in saying this, but mm. um, 
yeah, he could be a gun in two to three years' time, he but he won't be here. So, <laughs> as you always go on about, mate, yeah. about that, uh, what is it, the general manager of football role and these pla- people in positions to look long term and help with decisions? Adam O'Brien's going, I need to win games immediately, yeah. otherwise, I won't beat this club. Because, so. like, put it this way let's say they do get Lockie Miller. Can you see him making the aid? No, I don't have them in my aid. So, no. it's like, okay, do we sacrifice potentially one of the best mm. props? In the, in the country, he's New South Wales under-19s prop, do we sacrifice him to not make the eight as a club? Yeah. Again, they, they may make the eight with Miller there. I'm just saying that, like, I think most pundits at the moment, even with Lockie Miller there, would have the Knights fighting for eight, ninth or tenth. Is that a fair comment? Yep. That's where I've got them. Yeah. yeah. And then you look at the, the Bulldogs approach, which we've just spoken about in complete contrast, going, mm. they're building and they're yeah. happy to take maybe some short-term losses, but two to... You know, two years max, they could be like right up there. Mm. And I think, as Tim said, you know, to me, it does look like a coach under pressure. Mm. And personally, I think that if the KP move to 5 8 doesn't work this year, I think Adam O'Brien finds himself in a lot of trouble. Oh, man. Very quickly. Honestly, even if it, if it does work and they, you know, even if KP's playing mad, but they don't make the eight, like, I think he's under massive, massive Without pressure. Without a doubt. So I think he's going all in on this season. And for KP to be successful, they need a fullback. Mm. They can't run with. Tyson Gamble at fullback. It's just crazy to think, though, because, like, you've got an okay six there in Tyson Gamble. So it's like, look, I when I think about, okay, imagine a world where the Saifidi brothers kick on and fucking turn into these beasts that we know they can. We saw them play in Origin. That's the tippity top, and they both had impact when they play their best footy. Let's say they do. Then this young guy comes through, and their forward rotation is two beast Saifidi brothers and this young fellow off the bench, that's, that's a similar things like what would happen with Penrith. Like, you know, you had these guys, you've got Spencer Linu coming off the bench. One of the, he was also a young fellow that I think played for New South Wales as well. And so like by keeping these guys, it, it ensures that you can be a premiership threat because you've got the top of the, the tip of the spear when it comes to high quality forwards. And they're at the club, they're a local junior, they want to, well, it seems like they want to stay. I probably, again, I haven't seen him play, so I don't know. And I don't know what other players have got in their roster. I probably wouldn't do it as a club, even though they are desperate for a fullback. Yeah, but once again, we're not Adam O'Brien sitting in his seat. Oh, no, I get, the, I, if yeah, I'm Adam O'Brien... I, I'm, I'm agreeing with yeah, you 100%. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but that's at the end of the day, that, that, that's the reality of it. So, But does he get to make that call, though? I don't know. That's where the, I think the club yeah. needs to probably go... Mate, like, sorry, but... But I also wonder, like, I mean, we, we talk about this all the time with Caelan Ponga, him playing 5'8". Mm. There must be, like, Caelan Ponga must want to play there, right? Mm. Like he there, has, there to. has to want to play there. It can't be Newcastle trying to force him into 5'8". Mm. So, I don't know. I, if KP believes that he can get his absolute best footy out of him at Newcastle at 5'8", <laughs> maybe, maybe you do, do have a crack at it. I don't know. Because, I mean, KP's gone in the Origin Arena and absolutely dominated at fullback. If he doesn't think he can do that at the Knights for whatever reason it might be, maybe you do sell the farm just to try and make KP work. It is true. That's that's the other the tip other tip of life. I'm not saying I agree with that, yeah. but I, maybe well, that's... The yeah. other edge of the argument is uh, you've got all this money invested in KP. Whatever he needs to work, get it to work. Timmy, what would, what would you do? Would you get rid of a, a clearly a guy that is rated up there for a guy like Miller? I'm a little bit reluctant to say because I haven't seen him play. Mm. Um, but obviously the raps are there. So, no, it probably doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, I, don't, I don't love it. But 
as I said, the, the Knights are in a funny position right now. Adam O'Brien's in a funny position now. I understand what he's doing. They need mm. a fullback. Uh, I think we're all sort of the agreement that we would have preferred to see Ponga stay at fullback. But he obviously wants to make the move and have a crack at 5'8". And I think you've just got to accept that back that this superstar of our game can make that transition successfully mm. uh, and that the incoming Lockie Miller can, can do a job what, at fullback for what, them. What I, I don't get in regards to recruitment is they went out and recruited a six. Mm. So why wasn't this a plan initially and go out and recruit a guy like Lockie Miller before he had his breakout time with the Sharkies or, or whatever? There's other fullbacks out there. In, to my understanding, they didn't go out and recruit. I mean, you can look at their squad. Their top 30 essentially has no out-and-out fullbacks outside of Hodgson, I think. Mm. Is he an out-and-out fullback? I don't know. I think he is a fullback. So he's a fullback but hasn't played first grade. So you've got no genuine first grade fullbacks yet. And that's what's surprising is that they went out to recruit a six. Put the, that's why we always talk about squad balance. And sometimes certain players don't get signed. You're like, why wouldn't they get signed? It's, well, it's because we need three halfbacks. We don't need, and we've got six outside backs already or whatever. And this is where I go, well, why go out and sign Tyson Campbell instead of well, putting... The, the timeline's got to be the thing, doesn't it? Mm. When did Caelan Ponga... But that's, that's what I'm saying the issue is. is yeah, that he's, it, the way the recruitment's gone, it suggests that Ponga or whoever's involved in this move to the halves, whoever spearheaded it, you think it sounds like probably Ponga, uh, which is fine, has come at the back end of 2022, once Gamble had signed, once they realized, you know, before they realised they were short on fullback replacements. I might be wrong, maybe Ponga's been talking about this from middle of last year before Gamble signed and it was a bit of a screw-up, but the way the signs have come on, I, when do we think Ponga made this push to say I want to play 5 eight? Like even if Can I throw, was it maybe when Hastings signed? Is it potentially now that they've got a halfback that can actually lead the Maybe. side around, direct yeah. them? Maybe that could have yeah. pushed him. But as a club, don't you go, mate? We just we haven't got the roster prepared for yeah. that. Like, wait, can you can you wait one more year? Yeah, twelve months for us to sort sort it out. To, to give us twelve months to mm. go in the market and get a fullback. Um, look, to, you know, what's crazy is if he goes and bees what we think he can be at six, this all means nothing, and everything we're saying is bullshit. They've killed it. You know what I mean? They've nailed the decision. Everything is good. It just it doesn't seem to make sense in regards to like the recruitment. Why would you go recruit a six and then move your fullback to six and not have a fullback in your squad? It, obviously, the decision has been made after that recruitment, and and I, that's what I'm saying is that's probably a mistake. Like that is, I guess, not great uh, decision making for certain people in certain positions because what you're doing is is that you've gone out and made these huge decisions that really aren't necessary and not recruited the right people. Look, it's very easy for us to sit here and judge it once it's happened. But when you're in the moment and you've got so many different moving pieces, you've got so many different personalities, yeah. it's way harder in the situation. So I'm not knocking, not saying that they intentionally did this or that, but from the outside looking in, it does look like they probably would, should have recruited a fullback last year instead of a um, six. But clearly they didn't know that Ponga would, would be keen to play six at that time. And that's um, it, Kemp. It's like, you, we're only going off the information that we do have. You never have 100% of the story with yeah. a lot of these things that we, we speculate on, but you can only work with the information that you've got. Yeah, and also, like, people might go, well, even if KP wants to play six, just say no. And it's like, bro, like, their whole club is wrapped up in him. Like, it's not as simple as, like, nah, play fullback. Then, then you've got a shitty superstar that's like, well, I think I can do better. And so it's, it's far more complicated. But outside looking in, it does look like a bit of a, 
a ball fumble in regards to the recruitment that's happened in the last few months. Yeah, and that's where I've also got question marks. Like, like I personally thought KP was given the captaincy too early last year. Mm. We spoke about this last year. I do wonder, and I, I don't think it's anything against KP, but I do wonder if sometimes the Newcastle Knights allow KP to potentially be bigger than the Newcastle Knights. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's hard to say because we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know. It's just yeah. mouth. But it just, the way it has all played out, it doesn't quite make sense. Like we, we've got trials starting next to Thursday. To be fair, in Knight's defence, to be fair, they mm-hmm. did get a new general manager in after Tyson Gamble signed. Yeah, I think Peter Parr has come since, yeah. Yeah. And so to, in their defence, that could be where the changes all happen. Yep. Um, yep. So, that, that, so in their defence, again, we don't have all the information, but it just seems like um, to lose an under-19s New South Wales prop, like we'd be like, ooh. And in their defence, once again, the first thing Peter Parr did was when he got a halfback, which if they didn't have a seven, imagine where they'd be. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I'm not trying to have a crack at any of the, the staff or whatever, but it does look um, a bit rushed at the moment in regards to trying to fill that position. Uh, now, uh, Dragons uh, and their spine. So Cody Ramsey is out for the season. He was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, an inflammatory bowel condition, um, basically had operation and he's going to need a year off to heal. So sending our best wishes to Cody Ramsey, legend of a bloke, like such a legend of a young bloke. Um, and it's disappointing because he was starting to hit his straps mm. and he surprised me personally. I didn't think he was a fullback, but he came in and played. He was their best fullback last year. Um, you know, so hopefully he's back to his best uh, in 2024. Uh, Jade is tipped to be back for the season, according to NRL.com but battling a hamstring injury. Obviously, Amone is out. Amone's out indefinitely. Uh, where will Jack Bird play? And Blake, re- Blake Laurie re-signs until 2026 now. This was big news. The boys fucking loved it. The big nut trucker, Blake Laurie, getting a contract <laughs> 2026. Fucking good on him. Mate, I love that shit. Because it wouldn't be on Bitcoin. He's been battling away at a club that's battling itself. Like, they were fighting for the eight last year. And, like, you know, I know, he, you know people say he's a very up and down, you know, vanilla kind of front rower. You fucking need vanilla front rowers. Fuck me. So I'm, I'm stoked for Blake. Yeah, and you're right. He's a very up and down front rower. But I, I think you can see through their social media and everything, he's always the first guy to be jumping on and having a giggle, yeah. taking the piss out of himself. And I also think the other thing with Blake Laurie, and, you know, the Dragons are quite often having press conferences after game or interviews where they're having to defend decisions or losses, whatever yeah. it means. And you'll probably notice it more after I pointed out, mate. Blake Laurie always shows up for those. Mm. He is always, and he, and you know, he's probably the last guy that should be out having to wear that sort of stuff. Yeah, but he always is, and that he fucking that, rips and tears every that, game. Every game, and then, and then when you get to the interviews after, and no one wants to take ownership, he always is. Yeah, and, and I look, I don't know what he's on, but I don't think he'd be on a big wicket. No. So, I, I like the jokes around it. I think he'd probably lean into it a little bit. I don't mind it. You know, we know he's an NRL standard f- front rower. We know he's not going to have break the, broke the bank. Hopefully their salary cap is going to open up over the next few years. So they've got their battler that's going to complement a big dog that comes in. Um, but the Dragons. So, yeah, obviously you've got Cody Ramsey out. So that, you would assume, would put Sloan at fullback. Amon out indefinitely. We don't know what's going to happen with him. Um, and that's before the court case, uh, before the court. So we're not going to comment on the situation. Uh so what do you think is going to – Sullivan at, at six, Hunt at seven? I hope so. The advantage Dragons have got – well, it's turned out to be an advantage is that they've got the bye round one. Mm. So their season's going to start till round two. So that'll help Bud's case. Uh, I, I hope he is fit. He'd be my choice at 5'8". But 
I hate to say it, mate, but it wouldn't surprise me if we get to round one. Hook goes, Moses and bye. You're my 5'8". You're my fullback. You're my hooker. It could happen at any three I think positions. Moses is a good 14. He's a great 14. He's a perfect 14. Yeah, you like, couldn't ask for a better 14, realistically. Well, where he, he is at his career, the experience he has, the safety he delivers, he's a perfect 14. 100%. And, and that's what, you know, this is another coach that's obviously under pressure. Ben Hunt's come out and said, we need to perform to start the season. So that's where I, I'm worried that Hook will go back mm. to – he loves going back to his older players that he knows he can rely on. Um, you know, <coughs> traditionally, they, they don't get the results for him, though, in reality. But I, I hope they go with Bud Sullivan and Sloan. But we saw him go with Sloan in the first two weeks of last season, dropped him in the third. Granted, Cody Ramsey, as you said, absolutely killed it. I thought it was the wrong decision. It was the right one. Cody Ramsey did very well. But it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest to see Moses and Bai pop up at six early in this season. Because, like, in Hook's defence, in Hook's defence, if you go Sullivan then you've got a spine of Sloan, Sullivan, and the nine is Little. Little, yep. And then Hunt. So that, like, Benny Hunt obviously is fucking the man, like literally the man. But that's extremely inexperienced. Like, that is a super inexperienced spine. So even though it's probably the spine I would go with, there is an argument to be made that's too inexperienced. 100% there is, yep. And so, like, again, I'm just trying to, like, come from Hook's perspective if he does go Moses Mbai. Timmy, what do you reckon about the, the situation? Yeah, you can just see it now, can't you? Moses Mbai picked at 5-8 for round two, the Dragons' first game of the season, brains it. Yeah, it's four tries this. Yeah, re-signs that week Seven. for 900k a year. <laughs> <laughs> on, on a five-year deal. <laughs> uh, oh, if he's fit, it's got to be Jaden Sullivan. I mean, obviously the Amon situation will play out, but... What's happened there is that it's given Jaden Sullivan an opportunity to... He should be getting first crack in the halves. He's a bloke with a young fellow with plenty of potential to, to hopefully be a long-term halves player for the Dragons. And I think it's... I really hope he's fit to go for round two. But look, if not, maybe round three, round four, round five, whatever. Uh, he'll get an opportunity to form a bit of a combination with Benny Hunt, spend some time and just learn off the back of Benny Hunt as he, he'd be doing it, training each and every week. So... I think Jaden Sullivan, and then, I mean, if he is no good, we know how, how finicky hamstring injuries can be. Oh, I, I really Jack don't Bird? know, but I think Jack Bird, yeah. Okay. I, I think Jack Bird there. Like he's, he's partnered with the perfect player in Ben Hunt who can just do everything, mate. Just run the show as, mm. as the complete organising half. And Jack Bird can that big-bodied 5'8". We've seen Jack Bird do it before mm. and, and being effective enough there. Is his best position? Well, no, it's not, but... I think he can plug a, a hole there until one of the halves does come back. And I'm with you while I, while I would be super reluctant putting Moses Mbai in my starting team. He's a great 14. Yeah. Mr. Fix-It. He can plug into just yeah, about man. any position on the field. Yep. So Has I, a crack, gets yeah. through work, can tackle, all yeah. that stuff. And if Sullivan isn't there and they did go with Bird and Ben Hunt, there's a bit of excitement about that. You sort of, it adds that experience there. Yeah. Maybe not in, in terms of like Bird as a half, but... Uh, it's an extra experienced body on the field and... Well, it's also like, it's a quality level. It passes the NRL quality level of mm. two guys that we know impact games. And two fantastic defensive halves. Mm. Um, so I wouldn't mind seeing that. <coughs> um, now, this is just, just throwing out there. I'm not saying that I would do it. But is there a world where you go Sullivan at seven, Benny Hunt at six? Now, the only reason I say that is like... And I'm not saying that I would do it. I'm just saying, is there a world where you do that? Because obviously Sullivan, he's an out-and-out out seven. Like, that's really his role that he's played all through juniors, everything. And we looked last year where they tried to switch Keery and Walker mm. uh, and put Walker at six 
Kiri at seven because of experience. Now, that's a little bit different because obviously Kiri was a six in Arara and vice versa. But is there a world where you go, well, because Sullivan's an out-and-out seven, he's grown up playing it, you put Benny Hunt at six because of his ball, uh, ball running ability? It's not a bad argument you put up, mm. but I still couldn't do it. Mm. I think Ben Hunt has to be the seven, and I think that with Hook coaching for his job, it was Ben Hunt that kept their head above water last year. Mm. So I, I I don't think Ben Hunt would be interested in it either, to be honest mm. with you. I, I think he likes you know taking responsibility of this team and sort of ca- carrying them on his shoulders. So I, it's not a move I would make. Yeah, Timmy? Yeah, no, I don't think so. It's in a side that's you know, lacking so much experience, particularly that spine as we spoke about, Benny Hunt just needs to be, if it, between him and whoever his other half is, needs to be having essentially 70% of the touches comparatively. So uh, Benny Hunt showed a run. Um, and it's like it's a great uh, example you make with, with Sammy Walker and how it could benefit. But I just don't think there's probably the players and the, the squad experience around it to allow it to happen. Yep. So, yeah, Hunt at seven for me. Yeah, Hunt will be seven for me. But it is, it's, it's worth looking at and going, let's say Sullivan comes out and he's just struggling at six. Like... Put it this way, I think, let's say Sullivan's struggling at six. Benny Hunt could play six. Like, we know he's that good. And let's say Sullivan came in and started playing at seven to his potential that everyone has been touted for so long. Then all of a sudden, the halves pairing that goes from basically a guy that can't play six with a really good seven to we know he'd be a really good six, Benny Hunt, and a really good seven. That's the only reason I just put it forward. But I'd put Benny Hunt at seven. Or Benny at seven. Um, Outside of that... Let's say Sullivan is out and um, Amon obviously out. I would probably start Jack Bird at six. And I would, I mean, I wouldn't like go go watch clips of Jackie Whiten, but I'd almost like, I'd be watching clips of Jackie Whiten and trying to pass it on to, to Jack Bird. Because although like, I don't think he's athletically as explosive speed wise as Jackie Whiten, he's just as strong in contact as Jackie Whiten, Jack Bird is. Um, that's probably what I'd be going with. And just basically saying, Benny, you need to do all the ball playing, all the ball running. Jackie Birdie, I just need you to fucking rip and tear at six and just run the ball pretty much. Yeah, you just want Jack Bird to be Jack Bird. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that, that'd be my ch- – if Bud can't play, I, I would go with Jack Bird at six, but I, I'm i very fearful that it will be in by. Going to be interesting. Do we think Hook sees the season out? No. Mm, no. Um, I don't think he sees Origin out. Really? I just – the unfortunate thing for Hook and – I definitely don't want him to not see the season out. I don't think any of us... You never want to see a bloke lose his job. But I just look at the roster and I go, fuck, like, is he going to... Does he have the roster? Like, even if he got the best out of that roster, that's lucky to finish eighth. Yeah, and I mean, but that's the other side of the argument as well. He's had two or three years to build the roster he wants as well. But the the, the argument against that could be made that um, some of the contracts that... Like, say they had, like, the most top ten in the fucking... They're the highest paid, most top 10 players in the, mm. in the thing. So, like, for example, I think the Lomax contract was out before he arrived. I th- there, sure. there, there could have been some contracts that were before he arrived that has put the, the salary cap out of whack. Dragons fans, you'll know. You'll know. If it is the case, as you said, that, that Hook's been the one that's made these signings, then, yeah, unfortunately, he has to wear that. Yeah, I'm, I'm very nervous for him. Yeah. I, I hope with the, all this negativity around the Dragons and, again, injuries and other circumstances, it's just, like, things out of their control yeah. um, and making it worse for them, unfortunately. Yeah. 
wouldn't you love to see Tyrell Sloan come out and just blitz it and oh. be this absolute star that we know he can be? Yeah. Sullivan and, and, as well. Yeah, and Sam Sullivan as well. But Sloan's the one that you go, oh, if he can start piecing it together, mm. all the attacking issues around this squad and sort of um, lack of potency and attack that we see, you just go, Benny Hunt steering the ship and then a firing Tyrell Sloan. Mm just changes things so quickly. Oh, 100%. Then you look at their back line. Zach Lomax, at his mm. best, fights for an origin spot. Like, he is so good, Zach Lomax. It's unbelievable. Now, you know, you had a bit of a quiet back into the last year, but you've got him as a striker, and you've got Ravalawa, who is a beast at his best, like an absolute beast. Um, then you've got, on the other side, um, oh, I can't believe I'm Suli. forgetting him. Um, yeah, Suli. Moses Suli, who... Probably the most underappreciated um, outside back of last season. And then the other winger that I really Fini. love. Fenai. Mm. So, like, there's strike there. If they all hit their straps, yep. there's strike. Um, and, like, me and Matty were talking the other day, like, you watch – like, every time I watched the Dragons last year, I watched them go, this is exhausting. This mm. is the most boring brand of footy I could possibly <laughs> watch. This team looks awful. You go look at the ladder, there was always five teams below them. Mm-hmm. There always is. They always – Overachieve. I don't know. I don't know if losing guys like Tarek Sims and these sort of guys that 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 tough belly that we were talking about this morning it might change a little bit. But Dragons. Every time we doubt them, they don't achieve crazy, but they they do better than what we expect them to. Absolutely. Like like, like, we're, like South Sydney won two more games than the Dragons last I know. year. That's a, that's what's that's what's so hard to speak. There's always a negative tinge around the Dragons going into this season. Yep. But the reality is, is they weren't that far off top eight footy last that, year. That's it. You, you look at Hook and say, oh, we, we've just said we don't think he sees the season out potentially. But they also massively overachieved last season, in my opinion. Mm. But I just don't see, as you said, how they get much better than that. Well, the thing, the thing I think that would work in Hook's defence, if he was recruiting really strongly, mm. you could be like, like, let's say he got a big signing to come into the club. Then you'd be like, look, I can see the vision under Hook. I can see the future. I think the concern that some people have outside looking in is like they, they haven't really been that aggressive in the market. And like so it's like they've got a relatively ageing forward pack. And please prove me wrong in the comments section if you, if you, you disagree. Um, and there just hasn't been much movement in the market. Uh, so I wonder whether that's due to salary cap restraints or or whatever it is, that I think that plays against him. Whereas if they were to come out this year, let's say they had a big big recruitment push and they recruited two big forwards and they still just missed the eight, I think Hook probably keeps his, he keeps his job. But it's the fact that, like, okay, let's say they missed the eight this year. Where do they go next year? Like, who are they? I don't know. Interesting side. I just went back to, you know, was it three years ago now? 2019 in round one. Their starting pack was James Graham, Cam McInnes, Paul Vaughan, Jacob Host, Tarek Sims, Tyson Brazell. None of those guys are at the club anymore. Far out. Of the bench forwards, Lattimore, Blake Laurie, and Luciano Lua. Blake Laurie is the only one. Good that's good forward still pack. There. Hell yeah. That's a great forward pack. Great forward. None of them are there. Granted, James Graham retired, but other guys have just left over the years. Well, if you take let's say if you take Graham out of that and you keep all those together, that's exciting. It's good. That's the top eight forward pack. Hmm. Um, yeah. Anyway, so sorry, Dragons fans. I know it sucks when we're negative, but the positive is is. The only number that matters really is where you finish at the end of the year. And the Dragons finished two wins out of the eight. Yeah. So we, they could prove us all wrong this year and absolutely blitz us. And we will more than happily sit here and say, we got it wrong. Um, now, Liquor Legends promos for Queensland. If you spend 30 bucks and you can get a six pack of MIDI for $10. So for all of February, so until February 30, uh, 21st, um, 
you basically go into any liquor legends in Queensland, spend 30 bucks on whatever you want, buy the missus some wine, buy, you know, whatever you want. You get a six pack of mini for $10. So that is in every Liquor Legends in Queensland, guys. So if you're a Queensland listener right now, head into your local Liquor Legends, spend 30 bucks, get a six pack of mini for $10, $10 edus. Um, and for the New South Wales uh, Liquor Legends, the cases of lager are at a discounted price. And they, they, both of these, so the Queensland and New South Wales promos run until February 21st. So guys, get into Liquor Legends. The thing is with uh, banners like this, if you all get in there and support and grab a six pack and all that kind of stuff, um, they're more willing to range us. They're more willing to do promos for us. So get into your local Liquor Legends. 10 bucks for a six pack of MIDI. I mean, I feel like I'm worth 10 bucks, Guru. <laughs> I feel like I'm worth 10 bucks. Support the beak. <laughs> if not, you're close to it. Surely. Have to be. <laughs> Surely, just round her up. Maybe eight ninety nine. Round her up to ten. Um, <laughs> so that is for all of February till the twenty first. Spend thirty dollars, get a six pack of midi for ten dollars in every liquor legends across Queensland. Now, NRL spines, News Corp have rated each team's spine out of ten. What do we think? So we've got. I'm trying to think. Should I read them all out at once? Okay. Okay. Well, I'll read them all out and then we'll go through them. Storm, ten out of ten. Roosters, ten out of ten. Panthers, 9.5 out of 10. Rabbitohs, 9 out of 10. Cowboys, 9 out of 10. Eels, 8.5. Sharks, 8. Broncos, 7.5. Manly, 7.5. Tigers, 7. Knights, 6.5. Doggies, 6. Titans, 6. Raiders, 6. Dragons, 6. Warriors, 5. Dolphins, 4. We'll start at the tippity top. Storm at 10. What do we reckon, boys? Yeah, we were, we were talking about this before, and I mean, you rate something out of 10. I don't know if you could say Storm and Roosters are the perfect spine. Yeah. I think for club so teams. they didn't win the comp. 100%. Neither of them won the comp. Yeah. I, like, I, I would reserve 10 out of 10 for Smith, Slater, Cronk, mm. and whoever. Mm. Uh, so uh, it, it makes it hard when you start it like that. Mm. Uh, Maybe their ranking is like the, like the top two have to be 10. Have to be 10. Yeah, yeah if so, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, and if so, I would probably have the Storm at the top when you consider Harry Grant, Jerome Hughes, Cam Munster. I assume they're looking at Pappy at fullback, mm. assuming he will be there, whether he will be or not, we'll see. Roosters has to be right up there. The Panthers one is interesting, 9.5 when we're not really entirely sure what hooker will look like realistically, mm. and that's a quarter of your spine. Mm. Yeah, so Storm 10, I, look, I agree in regards to I wouldn't give them 10, but if this is the, the scale, scale. Then yep. the scale, whatever... Storm 10 for sure. Harry Grant, Cam Munster, Jerome Hughes, Pappy. Like, like. Tough to top. It is like so good. So exciting. Suits the new brand of footy. All that kind of stuff. Uh, Roosters at 10. I don't know. I don't know if I rate Roosters at 10. It's fine. You know, Sam Walker's still got a lot to prove in the NRL. Keary was solid last year. Uh, number nine, uh Cheese, although Dally M Hooker of the Year, uh, Kenny play eighty. Um, I, I, like, I don't know if I'd rate Roosters ten. I, I wouldn't put them there. I, put them I think there. as individuals in each of those positions, I can understand where they're coming from. <clears throat> but I'd also question if I would have them as a ten, ten. An absolute top ten. What do I, you reckon? I'd have sorry, I'd have Roosters as second best still, but certainly under yeah Melbourne. Wouldn't have them equal as Melbourne. Yeah. You can't yeah. compare it. To the storm, especially as I said, if they've got Pappy at number one, mm. like different pages, those two spines. Mm. Oh, like Munster Hughes versus Kiri Walker. Like Kiri obviously has won multiple premierships, like three or four. Um, but like going into this season, um, 
Are they? Is he at the same form level of, of a Munster Hughes, um, Grant? Well, probably not. The six, seven, and nine for the Storm are all better. Mm. Roosters would get Teddy over Pappy. Mm. Like, gotta be the Storm. Yeah, and, and like Sam Walker, for example, incredible future. Mm. Ad nauseum. You guys know how much we love Sam Walker. Like, we froth him every single week. But he, he hasn't won a premiership. He hasn't got to a prelim, I don't think. And rightly so. He's a he's teenager. Um, so I wouldn't have them attend. Look, would I have them probably second best or maybe second or third? Um, probably. But I wouldn't have them attend. If you're going to include maybe like the 13 in the conversation, then I can maybe edge the Roosters a little bit closer to the Storm. I can't get them at a 10, though. I just I, I couldn't have them the same, but if you're going to include 13, I can edge them a little bit closer, yeah. but I still couldn't. And if they're going to make the argument that, like, one player like Teddy can bring up the average, then Cleary should be should be 10. Yeah. Because, like, Cleary's so fucking good, it should be. So I disagree with Roosters. I still would have Roosters at around the 9, the 9.5. So I'm not, not being disrespectful at all. Like, they're still fucking amazing. But I just think that Storm, 10 out of 10. Panthers, 9.5. Um... I understand it because you don't know who the nine is going to play be, but then it's like it, it seems crazy to say it because it's like they're favourites to win the comp mm. and Nathan Cleary's in that spine. Jerome Luai, like, what's this bloke got to do to get a bit of... Uh, look, I understand he's not cup of tea on the field and rah, rah, all that kind of stuff. But when it comes to delivering wins, etc., what's he got to do to get, you know... I, th- I think he's going to have a big year this year on that I, age. I actually think the, the drama... As opposed to those last quite couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Well, when, but, like, you have a look at the last few years. Like, the stars <laughs> on that edge have been Kikau, Burton, these sort of guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, no, I, I reckon this year... Yeah, yeah, I reckon this year... Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon this year he's going to have a big one. Yeah, a think, lot of people are going to be upset. I think... Um, and I'm not trying to speak for you. What you're kind of trying to say is, is that, like, he took a backward seat... <laughs> yeah in that spine for the last couple of years. And that's where we described him halfway through year last year as being selfless and mm. people got so upset. Mm. But that's what we're talking about, mm. that on the edge this year, Burton's the guy. Okay, I'll just play my role. Mm. Now Kikau's the guy. Mm. Okay, I'll play my role. I think this year it'll be Jerome Luai's And edge. they don't have Appy at nine, which used to take a lot of that create. Like Appy was the guy that would be created around the ruck. Yep. Whereas they're going to need Luai's footwork around the ruck. And I, so I think you might see a little bit more of a similar role to what he played for Samoa. Um, look, again, I'm not, I don't put him in the same tier as a Cleary, your Munster and all that kind of stuff yet. I think he's a tier under, um, but I do think he, he probably doesn't get the reps he, he deserves. Um, but yeah, so Panthers at 9.5. Dylan, War, uh, Dylan Edwards at fullback, sure. Um, but yeah, it's just the nine, really, that we're unsure of who's going to be. Mitch Kenny, maybe. Mitch Kenny, good, solid nine, but he's not... As a nine, he's not close to the, the top tier at the moment. And I think the other thing with hookers too, when you look at this spine, like I think a lot of I think a lot of these ratings, if you had two hookers that aren't eighty minute guys, they'd probably take you down a little bit. Mm. When in reality, that that doesn't matter. Yeah. What well, it doesn't matter how many people are playing in the nine if it works for your spine, mm. good as goal. Rabbitohs nine. Um, so you got Trell, you got Walker, you got Ilias, you've got Cook. Yeah, about eight point five nine, I'd give them. Um, again, it's a similar situation like Ilias, rookie, seven, quite young. Um, Cody Walker had a little bit of a quiet season last year. Latrell Mitchell, we all know what he can do, but, you know, like, you know, hopefully he can just get through the year injury-free and all that kind of stuff. So I'd have them, yeah, that seems about right, 8.59. As much as Cody had a quiet year, he had a rookie halfback next to him and they got to a prelim. Yeah. And his oh, fullback sure. was out for half the year. So, and I understand what you're saying on stats, th- quiet yeah. year, but... I think... From this, they're more looking at like the spine in its by itself as players rather mm. than the team's result. 
You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I'm just saying. I, I think it is a really common argument out there that Cody was a bit off last year. I, I don't think he was. I think that, you know, Latrell Mitchell, the opportunities he had out the back of the work Cody did on the inside. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I thought Cody had a good, solid year, but I don't think he was – I don't think he played his best season last season. What do you reckon, Matty, as a Rabbitohs fan? It's obviously so hard to compare to his best season because his season, the season before, he set up about 50 tries or whatever mm. it was. Um, I thought he had a bit of a slow start to the year, but mm. I reckon after a couple months around that origin time, he, he stepped up again. And, yeah. and you're right, when Trell came back, like oh. I know if it's a coincidence, but w- whether or not it is, he, Cody Walker was at his best again. So, mm. yeah, 2021 was obviously Cody's year, but mm. um, yeah, I, I thought he had a good year and just like, kind of improved as the yeah. year went on. I, um, I think he deserves a lot of credit for the way Ilias came along in the year because he would have been talking to him constantly and also, like, giving Ilias the space to be able to impact games as well. Yep. As a guy like Cody Walker, you could easily be like, mate, I'm literally one of the most gifted ball players. I personally think when it comes to vision on a footy field, he's up there with the goats, like vision. Mm. Some of the stuff that he sees is fucking wild. Um, so also, just on that, Cody touched the ball 200 more times last year than he did in his best year, 2021. Yeah. So he really took that, took that took role. That, took yeah. the role of, of leading the boys around yeah. a bit more. Which, which may have affected his, the flary stuff, you know, because he was... Yeah, and I, th- I think maybe there's a perception of, like, last year was a down year. And um, on face value, I think everyone would, would say that. But we talk about it a lot, but 2021 was such an anomaly of the year with these record-breaking scorelines. So Cody's stats from that year will, barring significant rule changes, they'll, they'll never be matched again. So he could never hit what he did in 2021. Mm. Uh, and then the obvious one, as you said, he went from having Adam Reynolds running the show to playoff... Yeah to a rookie half so you know he was never gonna get close to 2021 another thing that you bang on about all the time if there was a stat for try contributions <coughs> he would be sky fucking high yeah. same as dylan brown was two years ago we banged on about this yeah. then it changed a little bit all of a sudden he gets try assists and everyone loves him again i also think you know he doesn't get enough credit i understand he's a hothead on the field like i i, I like hotheads on the field i think it's what rugby league is about um but i don't think he gets enough appreciation for his leadership he's a key mm. key member of a transition phase after losing Wayne Bennett, Dane Gagai, you know, Adam Reynolds and Cody Walker. He was the tip of the spear. Like he, was, he was the main guy leading them around. And so I don't think he gets enough credit for his leadership. We'll say as well, again, he, he also kicked a lot more last year, but he also came third in triases. Yeah. Like he was on 21 triases, the same triases as Nico Hines, Dally M. So, yeah. yeah, I think comparing him to 2021... Well, I just, I'm just, yes, as I said, I'm, I am comparing him to 21. Like, I think last year he was a little bit more quiet, but there's reasons for it. Like, the, he's leading the team around. Whereas I think the, the year before, and maybe even the, it was a, a, like a two or three years before that, where he was fucking just incredible. But the reason, as we've just found out and understand, the reason why he's more quiet is because he's got a new rookie seven yep. that he has to try and lead around. And, like, what's better for the club? Cody Walker to go out and break a fucking try assist record or to help develop Lockie Elias into a premiership winning seven. It's yeah. the Lockie Elias thing. So I don't, think, I don't think Walker gets enough appreciation for his leadership on and off the field. Now that you said, you know, he's got that. People look at him as a hothead footballer. Mm. Get back to that last game, the, the what was it, Matty? The, the game where they all, everyone got um, sent from the field. Days, yeah. Cody Walker was just about the only player that didn't get Tim in that. Yeah, he set up four tries that game. Yeah, yeah. and I think I think that that's like a really good example of him understanding last season he needed to step into the role of like 
even though he was a leader before, but the out and out leader, like I'm a, I'm a leader of this team. I've got a young seven. I can't afford to be losing my, whereas I don't think people attribute that to Cody Walker enough. And maybe it's because he hasn't done it for a, a long period of time. He's been able to be the attacking weapon. But yeah, so I, I, a little bit quieter last year, definitely not bad, still a good year. A great, a great stat around the try contributions in Cody. And yes, said, for, for anyone that's not too familiar with it, the try assist goes to the main player in, in that movement. Mm. Try contribution, as it sounds, you, you've had an impact on a try without being the main guy. Yeah. So, first place last year was on 26. Cody Walker was on 23. From there, it was third place was on 18. So, he was comfortably second. Who do you think was number one for try contributions? Luai? Nah. Oh, I just went, I just went wild. I went yeah. wild there. Okay, no, no. no let, it, let it, it is a bit wild. It's like, it wouldn't be the first bloke to come. Moses? Nah. Townsend? Matty Moylan. Matty Moylan! Matty Moylan. Timmy, you've come with a fucking absolute... Bell ringer. Yeah. Fox Lab, try contributions, Matt Moylan, 26. No way. Matty and when Moylan. You, especially take... when you think about it, how often is he just roaming the field and he's we, – we say it often when yeah. you're watching the Sharks and Matty Moylan, his ability just to square up, draw blokes in and go whack out the back. Hines doesn't win a Dally M if Moylan didn't yeah. do what he yeah. did. So, and not just top of it. Like he smashed it. 26, Cody 23, Cleary third on 18. And I reckon the, with the way that South Sydney attack, if you went back to that 2021 season, the player that would lead the contributions would be Adam Reynolds. So that's how South Sydney play. It's the guys inside that create that mm. space. Mm. Matty Moylan, yeah. that fucking gives a bit of joy to the heart. The old <laughs> battler, the hamstrings are fucking hanging by a thread. You could fucking <laughs> flick those and they'd fucking go. And he's out there giving try, try involvements out the arse. And so this is obviously taking... Yeah, he did, he did that in three less games than Cody as well. <laughs> We and could have sat here for three hours and not got that. No, hundred percent. I was going to let you keep going. Like, yeah. just I was literally just going down halfbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, like, I'll be honest. Like, I think we regularly talk about how important Matty Moylan has been to that Sharky size and how he's going to rap. But and so, anyone listening to this podcast knows we give Matty Moylan raps. But I don't think any of us knew that big of a mm. fucking. That's incredible. It's unbelievable. What a, what a season for a bloke that, mate. The amount of people like. Even, no, me, me. So going into last season, I said to go with Trindle, not because of I thought he was better than Moylan, but because I was just a bit worried that if if Moylan becomes in and out of the side, it's really hard to build a combination with that. And then you, you're unsure of who, who partners Hines. So he's gone from a guy that, a shark side that didn't even make the eight, if I remember correctly, just missed the eight? Just missed, yep. To an injured Rara into the first grade side like what an incredible turnaround like what an incre and I think most fans would have said Matty Moylan I don't think he'll probably play that much first grade at the start of last year and then he does that that's amazing mm. fuck I love that's what I love about <laughs> footy when you hear shit like that that's what we fucking do it for baby Matty Moylan those baby blues baby they're still blue as anything they're blue as anything yeah good you can put your feet up for the rest of the show just yeah I'm done nicely done Jesus <laughs> thanks might take next week off <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, uh, so yeah, Rabbitohs, nine. Uh, yeah, I'd have them 8.59. I think that's about right. Cowboys, nine. I don't know if I'd have Cowboys at nine. I don't know if I'd Cowboys at nine. Not yet. Not yeah, the same not as yet. the Rabbitohs. Credit to the Cowboys. I think they would have got a six last year. Maybe oh, a five. mate. Fuck, yeah, 100%. It'd be interesting to see if, if we could find it from last year, see where the Cowboys yeah. were. But yeah, nine, I think that's a little bit overs, especially when you've got Parramatta underneath them at 8.5. What do you reckon, Timmy? Yeah, I think... Maybe 7.5? 7.5. Yeah, I'd go 7.5, 8. 8. I think they are probably 
Oh, not this year though, because Reese Walsh. Because like Broncos are seven. Anyway, we'll get to it. Um, so Cowboys nine. Yeah, that's a bit high for me. Scotty Drinkwater had a fantastic year. Scotty Drinkwater finished in the top five for Daly M points last year, and no one talks about that shit. He that's wasn't amazing. In the starting team he didn't to start even the year. start the season. Yep. Couldn't even get a crack. And throughout the year, we were constantly worried that Hamiso was going to take his spot too. Yeah, we were talking like that was half the friggin' episodes. We're yep. like, is where do we fit Hamiso? Who gets dropped for him? Rara, um, Scotty Drinkwater. So. Um, obviously that he brings the points up Chatty Townsend again the Chad I can't I'm <laughs> seriously I couldn't be more happy for a bloke I you couldn't find a single person on the internet that was stoked about the signing of Chad Townsend from Sharkies the Cowboys actually you may have found one and it was me I was stoked for the Chad and I I, I did I think that I were gonna go this good no I didn't so I'm not gonna take full credit for it but um yeah, so like he's had a great year. Then you've obviously got Dearden at six. You've got Reese Robson at nine. I still think though, like when you compare it to the tippity tippity top, like are they only one point less than Grant, Munster, Pappy, Hughes? Probably not. I, I'd put them around the eight mark, I'd say. I think as well, you look at the four teams on top of them and you know the team below them as well. Their spine's done this for three, four, five years mm. on the trot. Cowboys realistically have done it for one season. It was fantastic. But I think to be rated the same as the South Sydney Rabbitohs spine that's gone prelim after prelim and grand final, mm. you've got to do it for longer than 12 months, in my opinion. Mm. Um, so would we all land them around the eight? 7.5? So you'd be 7.5? Yeah, yeah 7.5, eight. Nine is very generous. I'd go, I'd go eight because of the drink water like explosion, but also the Dearden excitement factor. I mean, this bloke went into origin and killed it. He had the first try assist, didn't he? Like, hmm. that's amazing. Anyway, so really, really... Um, and Reese Robson, he was in the Origin camp as well. So what's really interesting about the Cowboys spine is that it's that balance of super experienced Chad Townsend. Then you've got Robson, um, you've got Dearden, and then you drink water. Robson's young, Dearden's young, drink water's what, 23, 24? Like, fuck. Yeah. It's, that's, in, that's impressive. Um, and I think if they do it this year again and go to a prelim final, then I can have the conversation of your high eights to nines. I've got a schmokey for you. And you may have already thought of this schmokey as well. Reese Robson, nine for New South Wales. I think he's a really good chance. You reckon? I think that Freddie last year went for the two hooker option. Yeah. I think there's a really good chance he goes back for it again. Damien Cook just lost his kangaroos jersey. Mm. No one spoke about it. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised. You've got to remember, like, Damien Cook lost his kangaroos jersey. You've also got Appy who's going to the Tigers. We don't know how that's going to look. I don't know if Freddie goes straight back to those guys. Mm. So I think there's a chance he goes with two hookers. But the other side of it is if everyone's fit, I think Freddie would ideally like to have a Matt Burton in the side too. So I wonder if he maybe goes with an 80-minute nine and has a... It's so strange how hard it is to get into that New South Wales side. Mm. Yeah. Like compared to the Queensland, it's like pretty... Seems relatively obvious each position you're like... It almost feels like sometimes it's easier to get into the Kangaroo side than the New South Wales side at times. It's wild. Like, I mean, we don't like... So Fox didn't make it. No, To'o Tupo... We're not even talking about Sugali, like in the sense of like, we will be talking about him. Uh, but anyway, we'll get into Origins. It's, it's no, never too early for Origins. Never. Chat. I was about to chime in as well. I'm like, don't go down this road just yet. Like, <laughs> we'll be here for three yeah. hours. Um, but yeah, I, I personally think, I don't know whether he'll, it'll be this year that Reece Robson gets a crack, but I do think right now, if you had to pick one bloke that may be the hooker for New South Wales in the next two to three years, I think Reese Robson is currently leading the charge. I don't know whether he will be in two years, but right now 
he's leading the charge of the next generation for New South Wales hooker, in my opinion. I agree. I, I think that if there's an injury to one of those starting nines, mm. he would definitely be the next guy. Yeah, okay. What do you reckon, Timmy? Smokey or what? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the fact that he was in and around Origin Camp last year suggests that he's on high up on Freddie's radar. Mm. Full season of nine behind him for the Cowboys. Yep. So, yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't. I don't think he will be, but definitely a Smokey. Yeah. Um, okay, so Cowboys... We've got about around the eight, average of eight. Eels, 8.5. You've got Gutho, Brown, Moses, and Hodson. Oh, man, this is a tough one because you guys like, the question is, like, how good is Hodson going to be? I think 8.5 is probably right. Probably. If Hodson comes out and kills it and Brown takes another level up, then you could push him into a nine. Um, but it's just a question around, you know, what, what version of Hodgson are we going to get? So I, 8, 8, 8.5 is good for me, it feels. Yeah, compared to the Cowboys, I think it's off, but that's where I would have had Parramatta. 8.5 is right yeah. where I would add them. I, yeah. I have the Eels over the Cowboys. Yeah, same. Like, yeah. I think yeah. we all do. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Yeah. Definitely. And then, yeah, if Hodjo comes back and kills it, well, sky's the limit for that yeah. spine. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, Eels I'd have at 8.5. Cowboys would have at 8. Sharkies at 8. So you've got Heinz, you've got the great Matty Moylan, one of the goats now. Fucking hell. Matty Moylan <laughs> and uh, Blake Braley. Um, it sounds weird because he's the Dally M player at seven, but I'd, I'd probably have them around the eight. I think that's pretty fair. Yeah, I agree. I'd have them around that mark too. Probably a touch lower, seven, seven and a half. Yeah. It's, 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 I think Heinz brings it up quite a bit. Yeah, yeah he, it's, a, it's a very... Good, it's a good spine, but yeah. I don't know. Again, like, what have they got at eight? They've still got it one off that Rabbitoh spine. It's, oh, yeah, I'd go seven and a half. Now, Broncos, 7.5. Uh, this one is a tough one because we don't even know who the fucking nine's going to be yet. Mm. Um, Reese Walsh, obviously, gun, but hasn't played yet. Back at fullback for the Brizzy Broncos. You've got Ezra Mam, second year. We don't know how he's going to go. Oh, maybe seven, I'd have him. Not 7.5. I'd probably have him 7. Yeah, 7.5 feels like overs, but a 6 feels like unders. Yeah, you know that's, what I mean? that's what so, I mean. Yeah, I, I'd have about the 7 mark. You don't know who the hooker is. 5.8's um, in his second season. Mm. Reese Walsh has returned to the club for the first time. So, um, yeah, I think about a 7. Like, I mean, if you wanted to be really aggressive, you could even go 6.5. I mean, we have to remember they finished 9. I'd go 6.5. Yeah, would you? Yeah. Why do you hate us so much, bro? <laughs> uh, it's... Just the whole being Queenslanders <laughs> concept, <laughs> primarily. <laughs> but, like, they're also the kind of spine that after five rounds, you'd be like, ten or zero. Just who knows what they're doing. Yeah, you do. Oh, that's that's a good out. point. That's a really good – like, Ezra Mam, if he kicks on and Reynolds can just play each game because we know how good he is, and then Moser or something comes out and he's the gun that we think exactly. he's going to be, all of a sudden you're going, holy shit. That's, they haven't – that spine <laughs> hasn't proven anything to me yet to suggest they should be higher than seven sort of thing. Yeah, like. I'd have them around the seven. Seven. I could understand 6.5. Manly, 7.5. You've got Tom Trevojevic at fullback. You know, let's – fingers crossed. And at the moment he's on track. Uh, you've got Daly, Cherry Evans at seven. You've got Schuster at six. You've got Croker at one. Uh, so, sorry, at nine. I actually probably would have... If Tom Travoyevic is playing every game, I reckon 7.5, maybe even eight. Tom Travoyevic at his best, DC at his best. Schuster plays well. I could even go as high as an eight. So 7.5 is about right for me. For me, it comes down to how you value Josh Schuster, mm. where you think he's going to be. Uh, so I'd probably have them at about a 7.5. I 
I'd probably struggle to push them into an eight at the moment just because I don't know what Schuster's going to be like. And um, Croker's a good so footballer, but there's not like there's not huge upside in him. When mm. you where, like if you were to rank him out of ten compared to all the hookers above him, I don't think he'd be in the conversation mm. with most of them. So I think about seven point five. I like seven point five. Again, Schuster comes out and does anywhere near what we think he can do. Mm. Like could be eight point five pushing nine. Like yeah. if Schuster kills it, you're yeah. probably the best fullback in the competition thereabouts when fit. Schuster, who's can be a star, and I think he will be at some stage. Mm. DCE credentials speak for themselves, and then Lockie Croker, who's Mr. Reliable, does a job for them. So, but yeah, I mean, on the mystery around Schuster, I think seven and a half is probably fair. Are the yeah. Raiders on this list or what? Mate, they're we're getting deep. <laughs> Raiders are fourteen. Anyway, we'll get to it. We're, oh, a, we're yeah. a well balanced squad, mate. <laughs> we don't like to we don't like to fork out around uh, certain positions. We we like we, we care about uh, like. We like to share the money across the yeah, roster. We don't yeah, want any yeah. big heads down there. Oh, we don't fuck. want any of our bottom tier players getting too little. So we just we share. We don't yeah, have stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Tigers seven. I disagree. I don't think Tigers are seven. Um, Luke Brooks, Adam Dewey, then you got uh, Laura. Um, I was going to say Laurie Daly. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Might be an eight all of a sudden. Dane Laurie. Dane, uh, Dane Laurie. Um, and then you've obviously got Appiet at uh, nine. I would have Tigers around the six at the moment. Yeah, I think six. Appy's the saving grace for me, realistically. And we don't even know if it is going to be Dane Laurie. It looks like there's a good chance it'll be um, Charlie Staines. So. Yeah, exactly. So don't even doesn't know. fill me with confidence either. So, yeah, I think seven for Tigers. I'd prefer the, the spine of the team we're about to talk about, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's, it, it really – look, Adam Dewey, we know how good he is. Like, when he he's a great ball-running six. Luke Brooks, you know, unfortunately, it just hasn't seemed to click for him yet. He's had some really good years. I think 2018 he won Dallium Halfback of the Year or something mm. along those lines. Um, so I can see a world where they do play it at 7 <laughs> to 7.5 level, but I'd probably have them around a six. Timmy, where'd you have the Tigers? Yeah, I think off the back of Appy that they can reach that – seven and a half level but again i haven't seen anything from them yet to say that they're anything more so what do they got them seven S- seven yeah i'd probably go six six and a half i, I think that the, the class of appy and, and the forward pack now to play off the back of that they've got mm. uh, i'm happy to go six and a half uh knights six and a half um this is the t- arguably the toughest one because you're like we don't even know who their fullback's mm. going to be let's assume Lockie miller's the fullback uh Jaden Braley at nine, Palmer at six, Hastings at seven. Like, if they all play well, I would go as high as an eight. If Ponga goes out and delivers, Hastings, we know what he does. Miller, I really rate. Jaden Braley, I really, really rate. I honestly think they could get as high as an eight, but will they actually get to an eight? I don't know. So right now, I actually think 6.5 is quite fair. Yeah, right now it's probably fair, but I'm I'm pretty confident it'll be high by the end of the season. I'm same as you. I love Jaden Braley. I think he's in for a big year. You know what you're going to get at Hastings and KP. The sky's the limit there. So, um, yeah, 6.5 is probably fair at the moment because we don't know who their fullback's going to be, etc. 100. percent But I, I think they're. I, I would rather the Knights spine if that's what they're going to run out with than the Tigers spine personally. Timmy. Yeah, happy with 6.5. Yeah, uh, doggies six. I think this is a little bit low. Reed Marnie, I know, I think Flattingen's a, a good foil for Burton. And then obviously at fullback, there's, there's word that Hayes Perham is winning the race. Um, even though, oh man, I'm terrible at names today. Avarello? Yeah, Avarello. 
um, was there last year. I actually probably have the doggies spine around a 6.5 or 7. I think it's a little bit with, with Burton and Reed Marnie in that spine. And I think I, I think uh, Flanagan is a good match for Burton. Um, 6.5, I reckon. They're, they're currently 6. What would you have them? Yeah, I have them around the same. I think like with a guy like Kyle Flanagan, like I don't think you hold him to the same standard as you would the way you look at a Hines. Mm. Like his role is so different. His role yeah, at the end of the day is to just get them around the park. Well, Burton just, is the Hines for them. Yeah, and just free up Hines. Mm. Uh, just, just free up Matt Burton. That, yeah. that, that's what he has to do essentially. So with the hooker, uh, the fullbacks are untested. So from that perspective, I can understand why they're as low as six, but I, I think they are a better spine than a six. Mm. To me. Yeah, I'll go 6.5, and I just think as good as Marnie coming in is going to be, it's going to take time for these combinations to gel together. So what looks like at this stage may be a new one, uh, a new nine. It'll take a bit of time, so I'm happy with it. I'd go 6.5. Uh, Titans, six. So you've got Foran, most likely Tanner Boyd. Uh, then nine, you've got Verils. And then at one, you've got Brimo. I actually would put them up about a 6.5. 6.5, maybe even a seven. Um, I think Sam Verrills is going to be one of the better signings of the year. I think he's going to deliver what they need from nine. I think Foran's going to be great for him as long as he can stay on the field. Tanner Boyd gets more reps under his belt. Brimo, I rate extremely highly. I think he's, you know, he's not underrated because Titans fans know how good he is. But being at a club that's not a huge club, he doesn't get as much reps as some other fullbacks. But he's every game he plays in, he impacts it. Like every game. So I actually would have the Titans at around a 6.5, maybe even a 74 and stays on the field for the whole season. Yeah, it's hard to judge a spine that you haven't seen that mm. is completely untested, obviously, which is probably why they are a little bit lower. But yeah, I, I, I think that at their best, they could be a 7.5. Like, I, I think they could compete with the Broncos spine, for example, mm. all those guys at their best. But as it stands right now, they're all untested. Haven't seen them play together. Six, six, five, I'm sort of happy with. Happy enough with a six. Uh, I think you said Brims... It's, it's a solid spine that will all do a good job. And then I sort of think, oh, how many points are in this spine? That's where you go, I'm like you can't be got such a high opinion on AJ Brimson. Mm. Uh, and he's the polish there. And I think there's enough points in him to say, yeah, a six with certainly some upside if they can gel together early on in the season. Uh, now, onto the Raiders at a six. The Raiders are such an interesting one because it's like the balance of their side isn't around, you know, mm. it's in their forward pack. Like, it's, it's, that's the style of footy they play. I think that, you know, if Savage... So, obviously, the, the, we would assume there'd be Woodford, it'd be Whiten, it'll be... Um, uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Danny Levi run out number nine. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, Is that you hearing anything or...? No, I just... Uh, I've heard he's, you know, he's, he's had a, um, a good arrival down there, training mm. well. Mm. I think Woolford plugged a gap last season and did a, a fine job. Mm. Um, but it, it, I think it's probably easy to get caught up in that narrative of where he came from, mm. um, from playing a bit of reserve grade last year, working at, you know with Snowden and horse racing and all that. So you get caught up in that. But yeah. at the end of the day, I thought he was okay last year. And I just think maybe it could be Danny Levi round one, which I'm not sold on myself, but... Mm. I mean, it's like Danny Levi, he's had quite a few opportunities mm. to get a starting spot and it just doesn't seem to work I, out I'm with you, I'm with you, mate, but... Mm. Timmy, yeah, question. If Danny Levi does start at nine, then do you have room for either Wolford or Tom Starling on the bench? Tommy Starling. You've got to have Starling, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. So t Tommy, obviously, 
they don't want him playing those big minutes down there. But Tommy's such a good football, such a great X factor off the bench, that mm. punch through the middle. So uh, it'll be yeah, Tommy Starling. So I think then Levi, Fogarty, Whiten, Savage at the back there. Um, Whiten just brings it up for me so much, mm. seriously. Yeah. I understand why they went six, though. And it, it seems unfair because they're, they're a top eight footy side. They're absolutely... Um, so it's weird. I don't see him as a six, but I can understand why they were in a six. And I can't put him at seven because then I compare their fullback and their nine to other nines that are around the seven mark. Like, for example, right now, Manly are a 7.5. And if you put them at a seven, then, you know, you've got, you're competing with Tom Travojevic, mm-hmm. Daly Cherry Evans, um, and Schuster, who could be something special. But uh, six, 6.5, honestly, Whiten is so good, I could even push it to a seven if I had to. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, I'm sort of similar to you guys, as you alluded to. The Raiders, you know, they're as good as their pack goes. Mm. So uh, it's hard to judge their spine when Hooker's a bit of a um, clusterfuck at the moment and then you've got the fullback who's very young. Uh, the halfback, I doubted him at the start of last year. I mm. thought he was great in the last 10 weeks mm. of that season. I thought he was fantastic. So I could push him to a 6.5 probably. As but, in uh, Fogarty? Fogarty, yeah. Yeah, because he, well, he, st- he didn't play until the right fucking round. 14, yeah. 15 or oh, 14, yeah. But like, I, think it was, I think it was good to see the Raiders without Fogarty and then see them with him. Yeah. I think you could definitely see the huge difference he made. Oh, and I, I didn't think he'd have that much impact, to be honest. Yeah. Um, he was really good. And that's a whole other preseason together. Uh, now on to the Dragons Actually just quickly on Raiders Like if you rated their four pack If someone had their four pack as the best in the comp I wouldn't I honestly I, I may disagree But I wouldn't think that's a crazy opinion That's how good their four fucking pack is um, Now Dragons six Yeah about right um, Benny Hunt does a lot of the heavy lifting there um, You know to be honest Any spine with Benny Hunt should be near the top But uh, six is about right Dragons Yeah six uh, I'd probably go five, five at the moment, especially just with so much uncertainty around the halves, Jacob Little's injury history, uh, you know, Tyrell Sloan, massive upside, but we haven't really seen it yet for a consistent amount of games. So I'd, I'd go five. I think that's a little high at six. Uh, Warriors number four at five. They got rated out of ten, five out of ten. Um, oh, I, SJ fires, I could put them up to a six, seven. Just depends on how SJ goes. Yeah, based on the form we saw from SJ last year, uh, I think five, as harsh as it is, is probably fair. Mm. Uh, we, you know, we've we've heard the Warriors come out and say what their spine's going to be. I, I don't believe they've got their spine completely sorted until trials. So mm. wait and see. But, I mean, the hooker's solid, doesn't have much upside. Five, eight and fullback both weren't being used by their clubs last year. So mm. I'd probably go lower. I'd probably go four for the Warriors. Yeah, well. I just think, look... We're thinking at this stage Metcalfs is six. I reckon um, Martin will be the 5'8". Martin 5'8". So Martin, who was in and out of a Broncos side, if Metcalf is floating about there, he couldn't get a start for the Sharks. SJ getting older was okay last season, but he strung games together, thank God. So I would hope he kills it. But, yeah, it doesn't sort of fill me with a, a lot of inspiration. What, and then who have they got at fullback if Martin's at... Chance. Chance at fullback. See, yeah. I'd, put, I'd be playing Chance at centre and I'd be yep. playing Metcalf at fullback and I'd be either Volkman or Tomato Martin at six. You've got to find a spot for Metcalf in that side, in my opinion. Agreed, agreed. Um, Dolphins, four. Might be harsh because we haven't seen them play, um, but we just haven't seen them play. And I think that's why they're a four, yeah. realistically. Uh, it's hard to comment. And, I mean, the, like it's not like they have even got a Ben Hunt or a Jack White to lift them up at mm. the end of the day. Yeah. So... 
think it's about right for. Yeah. Well, uh, now, for those in the Illawarra region, get down to Lake Illawarra Hotel Bottomart to grab yourself some bloke beer. Managers Kevin and Shay are great people and will help you out. And uh, Lake Illawarra Hotel, they've been supporting us for uh, quite a while. So if you're in the Illawarra region, get into Lake Illawarra Hotel, the Bottomart there, grab some bloke beer. They've supported us, so support them. Uh, and say hi to Kevin and Shay. Absolute legends. Been supporting us for a very, very long time. That is Lake Hotel, Lake Illawarra Hotel, Bottle Mart. Make sure to grab a case of bloke beer and say hi to Kevin and Shay. All righty, and now it's time for two grand final sides against each other. People are really enjoying this segment. People love this shit. I, I was a bit worried that people were like, ah, you know, a bit of nothing thinking. But the amount of feedback we got, people saying they just love the, the chat around what ifs and all that kind of stuff has been really cool. So we'll keep doing it for as long as we... I think during the season, obviously, uh, we, <laughs> there's too much to talk about for us to be doing this. But um, obviously, before the season starts, we'll keep doing it. Guys, do not forget, though, 50% off everything for 50 hours. So the 50 for 50 sale, Wednesday, 6 p.m. Be there, limited amount, brand new shirts, dropping country bloke, beach bloke, and also city bloke, limited supply. So once they're gone, they're gone, and everything else as well. We've got party shirts, we've got board shorts, we've got thongs, we've got singlets, we've got other bloke shirts. All there on bloke.shop. It is 50% off everything for 50 hours, but let's get into it. We have chosen this week Broncos 2006 versus Cowboys 2015. I thought this was a really good one because obviously Broncos and Cowboys played each other 2015. Cowboys got the job done. Um, and also two Queensland sides. So in the North Queensland side, we have Kudit fullback, felt it. Uh, on the wing, O'Neill in the centres, O'Neill and Lynette in the centres, Winterstein on the wing, Michael Morgan and Jonathan Thurston in the halves. We've got Matt Scott and Tauma up front. We've got Granville at nine, Cooper in the second row, Low, second row, Tauma low, low, Locke. We've got Kusishan. Kus, how do you say that? Kost Jason. Kost Jason. Uh, John Asiata, Scotty Bolton, Benny Omelette, <laughs> also Benny Hannon. What did I butcher it? That was just the Cos Jason. That was unreal. What? When you said Cos Jason, I didn't even know who you were talking about. <laughs> I had to look up. Who is that? Roy Cos Jason. He is a hooker, played for the Cowboys. He, was, he went to the Knights after. He actually, he got, he got hit in the throat with a ball at training and had to retire off the back of the show. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Fucked. Fix it. it was yeah. like good, good utility. Good, good like. utility. Premier He's very handy. Enough. Yeah. Mm, hey, fucking good on him. Good on the bloke. Winning a Prem. Um, now, Brizzy Broncos, Justin Hodges at one, Darius Boyd two, Brent Tate three, David Stagg four, the great Staggy. Oh, <laughs> oh stop Bit it. Bit of movement at the bar. Oh, shit. I was going to say, I'm not going to have much impact on this uh, conversation. Two Queensland teams, but then I saw Stagg. I'm like, oh, <laughs> get me in, sir. Get me in, coach. Uh, Carmichael Hunt at five, D Lockyer, the great Darren Lockyer at six, the great Shane Perry, one of the goats at seven. Shane Webke, Petro Sivan, receiver front row. What a joke. Sean Berrigan, number nine. Sam Thiday at number 11. Uh, Brad Thorne, number 12. Brad Thorne at 12? Holt, that's the biggest wide running forward ever. Tony Carroll at 13. Corey Parker, 14. Dane Carlo, 15. Ben Hannett, the omelette. He's got back to back. Uh, Benny Hannett at 16. Casey Maguire at number 17. Boys, how do we see this game playing out if they played each other? I'd be leaning towards the Brisbane side off the top. Um, that forward pack that you read out, that's unbelievable. I, you, you obviously brought up Brad Thorne and you, you would have known him and played with him. But I think that because he went to Union and stuff, I think league fans 
He's a little bit underappreciated. Massively underappreciated. He was, from, from like an achievement standpoint, he was like Sonny Bill before Sonny Bill. Mm. He would go and win a World Cup with the All Blacks and he'd come back and walk into the Kangaroos side. Uh, he was incredible, Brad Thorne. And to have Shane Webke and Petro Sedemaceva, <laughs> just crazy. And I mean, when you go through this Cowboys side, like, I mean, you've got Jonathan Thurston, Michael Morgan. There's no other real superstars in the back line. Mm. They were just a consistent good team that was built around Jonathan Thurston. Um, forward pack, you've always got Matty Scott, James Tarmel, two, you know, international rep players. But even the back row, Gavin Cooper, Ethan Lowe, both very solid players. Mm. But, like, I wouldn't compare them to the Brisbane back rowers. Mm. But Tamalolo is obviously a huge in there. Oh, it's going to be a big call with Tamalolo one. It's going to be Carroll. brutal. Yeah. Um, Timmy, who do you see winning this one? We'll start with the Brisbane Broncos top tacklers. Number one, Corey Parker, 30. Number two, on 27, in 55 minutes at centre, D Stag, 27 <laughs> tackles. In 55 minutes at centre. That's center. so good. That is fucking unbelievable. Efficiency, 96.4%. Oh, stop it. The great Stag. Interesting, though. So he played 55 minutes at centre, Kempi. Did he. Was he right? Well, maybe Hodjo went to the centres, then he went to, then Kay went to fullback, maybe, and someone maybe, jumped on yeah, the wing. I'm know. not sure. We'll find that one out, yeah. but yeah. Um, Tunza, maybe Tunza moved out, or caught, like, yeah, it'd be interesting. I don't know. Or, or if, was there an injury there or something to stag? Yeah. It wouldn't be an injury, would have played through. Maybe it, Barrow so. went there, Sean Berrigan. That, yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Good and call. then maybe like. No, I, th- I think Berrigan played hooker the entire game, didn't did he? He? He, did got, he? he got Clive Churchill. He did. I'm pretty yeah. sure he did play hooker the okay. entire game. Anyway, we'll work it out. Who you have winning? Mate. The Broncos team. Yeah. It's it's pretty like that's one of the better teams the NRL's ever seen. No disrespect to the Cowboys side, but the that that's a pretty iconic Broncos seventeen yeah. there, isn't it? When you look at that, you go, they weren't even favourites for that grand final. Melbourne Storm were favourites. And they were like tipped yeah. to win, you know, quite not substantially, but as in a lot of people tipped the storm to win that one. Uh, but anyway, let's go through the sides then. I, I think Broncos win and I think just, they win. Ju- well. Just on this Broncos side, Kempi, like people know like they 2005 they were first from week five or six all the way through they lost their last seven games in a row in 05 mm. so there was a bit of pressure in this side coming into 06 and then they lost michael ennis so wayne bennett went fuck don't have a hooker i'll move my center there sean berrigan he ended up getting clive churchill carmichael hunt at that point he was unbelievable and about three weeks out from finals yeah. wayne went you, 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 you would have been there for it. Like yeah, it was yeah. a sudden thing. It was out of the blue. Hodjo hadn't really played fullback before. Yeah, and Hodjo went back there and was like running for 300 metres, mm. killing it, like killing it at the back. And they also had to win to get into this game, which you can talk about yeah, more. Bulldogs won. That Bulldogs game, and Hodjo was huge. The, the old story is, I think it was, the rumour is that Willie Mason said... I don't think it's a rumour. I think So at halftime, they were up by a substantial margin. margin. Oh. And Willie Mason yelled out to his team. He didn't yell it out to rub it in he yelled out boys like 40 minutes and we're in a grand final yeah like i understand where willie's coming from with that what he's saying is boys we just have to go hard for 40 and we're in a grand final but if you're in the opposition you can take that as so you've already won the fucking game have you and apparently that's what you know riled the boys right up they came out the second half justin hodges makes a fucking half the length of field break sean berrigan scores one of the great finals tries puts the ball over his head as he gets tackled in the corner uh and yeah the rest I, is history i've always i grew up sort of a long way from sydney so I, I always had a really soft spot for the bulldogs growing up loved them as a club loved mm. the raiders but it, like really pa- passionately around the doggies when i was a young fella and i was particularly young around that time 
And that prelim final of just the Barrow masterclass yep. off the bench and turning the game. Yep. Um, I shouldn't say underappreciated. I think it was appreciated, but I think people forget how big a game that was in... We're talking right now about this Brisbane Ronco side because of Sean Berrigan's masterclass in that prelim to, yep. to get him over the line. Absolutely. And I think with this Brisbane side too, you need to remember their first final that year, they played the Dragons. They actually lost to them in that game. Then they played Newcastle. Now, 2005 Newcastle is the year where Joey went on an absolute fucking tear. I think he got 32 Daly M points mm. in like 15 games. They had to beat him. Then they had to beat the Bulldogs, who oh, were so the defending been, premiers. This would have been 2006, though. Six, sorry. Oh, sorry. Yes, you're right. Scrap all that. Scrap all that. <laughs> Still, the week before, they had to beat the Bulldogs, who, you know, had been one of the top-tier teams. Sonny Bill, Willie Mason, Mark Ailey, like, so fucking to, name it. You know, that, that was almost a grand final within its Shifty Especially Sherwin. when you're down at halftime. They have Shifty Sherwin at they seven. Did. Shifty, yeah. Bloody Shifty Sherwin. He was a master, oh, the bloke. Was it Braith at six? Yeah, it would have been Braith at six, yeah. Like, what year it would have been in 05? 06, so it would have been very similar to their premiership-winning side. And then they had to beat... The Melbourne Storm in the grand final. Yeah. So in the Melbourne Storm, <laughs> when you look at that side, you're going, "What the fuck is going on there?" So interesting looking at the top eight in in 06, and the Broncos finished third. And just the old cliche of defence wins premierships. The Broncos, not a long way off, but had actually had the worst attack in the top eight. They were about a hundred off the top teams in the Storm and Doggies. Uh, like the best defence in the NRL. Mm. It's just <laughs> everything, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it really is. Every year in, year out, yeah. you know, fucking it's defence. Yeah. And as you said when you read out these seamless, the great D Lockyer, you've got to remember too, this is only two years after Lockyer moved to 5'8 yep. as well. Yep. And, and he's got Shane Perry next to him at half yep. Absolutely. So, um, okay, let's go through. Who do we select? So at one, you've got the great Justin Hodges versus Lachlan Coote. I'm going Hodjo. I'm going Hodjo. Yep. Hodjo. Timmy. Uh, Matty? Yeah, I'll go Dustin Hodges as well. On the pick and swing, we've got D. Boyd, the great Darius Boyd, Carmichael Hunt versus Antonio Winnerstein and Kyle Felt. Um, I'm going to go... I'm going to go Kyle Felt, Darius Boyd on the stinks. Uh, I would pick Carmichael Hunt in just about any matchup ever. Love mm. Carmichael, so I'm going to go with him and I think I'd go Boyd. On the sting? Yep. Wow. I mean, I'd go him at fullback for sure. Like, yeah. no doubt. I wouldn't put him on the sting. Kyle Felt, fuck, won the, he won the game. I'm a little torn. Because obviously, throw Darius there, but Carmichael, I'm just trying to remember him on the wing. Like, I remember him kamikazing even well, from, what his stats even from like. the wing. I'm just, mm. yeah, trying to remember. The only reason why I, like, don't you, K for me is, like, I mean, he kept Billy Slater out of the Queensland. Like, yeah. he's incredible. But just as a winger, an out-and-out winger, I'd put Felt there. I don't, I just don't. Remember enough about him on mm. the wing, so he didn't really play that much at all. Yeah, exactly. like pretty much this stint and that's yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I suppose I'll go Boyd and Felt for that reason. I'm Boyd and Felt, and I'm sticking with Felt a lot because of what he did in that grand final. Yes, he put the ball down, but he also had like a match-turning tackle mm. that like changed possession. He also put the kickoff up that um, unfortunately for Benny Hunt dropped, mm. but it was like a great kick. Um, so yeah, I can't leave Cole Felt out. Okay, um, centers you've got Brent Tate, David Stag. Verse, Lynette, Justin O'Neill. I am going Tatey and Staggy. Yeah, Brent Tate's an automatic, and I'd, I'd probably go Stag as well. Tate and Stag, captain coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, now, uh, in the halves, you've got D. Lockyer, Shane Perry, versus Thurston and Michael Morgan. I mean, it's obvious. You go Thurston, Darren Lockyer. <laughs> but, it's, but it's criminal that Michael Morgan... 
He's my 14, Michael. Yeah, he's got to be the 14. Yeah. Far out, he was good in that final. And also, Milford was arguably the best on ground in that grand final. Yeah. So, yeah, but obviously you go Lockyer Thurston. What Might even I'm play Morgo at centre. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah no, there's center. a good call. That is yeah. a good course. He did it in Origin really well as did well. really well. What, yeah. about if, uh, what about if Thurston was wearing the six in this game and it was Lockyer? Oh, Lockie give me a break. <laughs> Lockyer all day. Lockyer all day, baby. Oh, sorry, I don't know why I haven't said Milford. I got totally mixed up there. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, I yeah my like... bad. I'm looking at the wrong Broncos team. <laughs> I don't like ruining flows of podcasts, so I just let it go. Sorry, I had a shocker. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, D-Lock uh, and obviously the great Thurston. Up front. Webke Petro versus Matt Scott Tarmow. I'm going Pet- Webke Petro every day of the week. Matt Scott Tarmow, fantastic, but Webke Petro. That's arguably the greatest front row of all time. Yeah, I agree. I'd have to go with the Brisbane boys. Yeah, I'm Brisbane boys, but Matt Scott at his peak, well, for a long time, yeah. at his peak was so good. I know. If, if he's against any other forward pack, yeah. he'd get a massive look in, but it's yeah. just Webke Petro. It's <sighs> criminal that we had those two in the front row. Yeah. With Darren Lockyer, Hod, like the side was stacked. Yeah, pro- same, but probably the harshest, harshest yeah. one of the... Of Easy, the, though. Yeah. Scott not being in that front row is a harsh um, omission. I will say, people are going to be like, man, you've purposely chosen like a stacked <laughs> Bronco side versus a Battler, North Queensland side. But the only reason I chose him is because of the, the both Queenslanders. Um, and try firing a Brisbane team that won a comp that wasn't stacked. Yeah, it's true. Okay, uh, then we've uh, got at nine, Granville versus Berrigan. I'm going Berrigan. Yeah, Berrigan for me. Uh, Barrow, Granville, outstanding in the grand final. Yeah. But, I mean, Barrow got the, the Clive Churchill. Yeah, both great games, but got to go Berrigan. Okay, now on the edge, we've got Sam Thiday, Brad Thorne versus Gavin Cooper, Ethan Lowe. I'm going Thiday, Thorne. Yeah, Brad Thorne, automatic. Sam Thiday, yeah, Sam Thiday, I think. Gavin Cooper was tremendous for yeah. the Cowboys during that yeah. period, but can't leave. Was he playing Origin that. during that period, or was it a bit later? He I think it was Origin. a bit later, yeah. but his combination with Thurston was unbelievable. Was that the year he scored like some absurd amount of tries? I think yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah, it was right up there with most tries for a forward yeah. or something. Yeah. He's got a hat trick that year as well. Yeah. His power. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Broncos boys for sure. Yeah, it's it's tough, but got to go the Broncos. Now this is <laughs> this is a red hot one. I'm going Tamalolo over Tony Carroll. And Tunza for me is a beast. But Tamalolo, I personally think Tamalolo on his day is the greatest forward of all time. I don't yeah. think there's any other forward that could do what he's done. Yeah, I on his On his day, guys. Mm. Don't say, not saying career-wise. Yeah, I'd go with Tamalolo, but, jeez, Tunza was a forward. Oh, mate, he's defense. Another guy I put on the bench, even if I don't need him, he's on my bench. Oh, easy. Yeah. Every day of the week. Um, yeah, Tamalolo pretty comfortably. It'd, Love, love big tons of car, one of the all-time greats, but Tam Lola, with you, Kemp, he, won't, mm. he, he is the all-time great, just about. Yeah, you look at his stats, oh, you can't really God. beat him. Yeah, got to be honest, I'd probably pick Tam Lola before any forward in either team here. You'd probably you pick him over Webkey and... Yeah. Wow, yeah. big yeah. call, but I understand it. I understand it's not It's not a crazy call, that's yeah. for sure. It's hard to compare the, those guys. Yeah. Um, okay, so on the bench, we've got the great Corey Parker versus Rory, uh, Rory Kostjesson. Jason. Going Cosa. Yeah, I think you have to go with Corey Parker. Corey. Corey. As- Corey. Asiata versus Dane Carlo. I'm going Carlo. Yeah, Dane Carlo. 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 Omelette versus the omelette. <laughs> <laughs> Benny Hanna versus Benny Hanna. I'm going Benny Hanna every day of the week. Uh, Casey Maguire versus Scotty Bolton. Ooh, this is a tough one. I'm going Casey Maguire. 
Yeah, I, I think considering the rest of the bench we've picked, I would go with Casey Maguire there too. Yeah, and I think just the makeup of the bench. Yeah, the be- the makeup of the bench we picked. You, you need a utility. utility. There, so Casey Maguire. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Okay. So we, what we only had Lockyer. Oh, sorry, we had Thurston. We had Taumalolo. And a couple of us had felt. And a couple of us had. Well, three of us had felt. Mm. Outside of that, Broncos clean sweep. I thought we. We brushed past pretty quickly the Thurston v Shane Perry debate. <laughs> I, thought, I thought at least like deserved a, a, a mention, a conversation. <laughs> well, you reckon you reckon Perry's been robbed? Oh, sugar Shane Perry! <laughs> one season of NRL, a premiership. I don't think I think he might have played resume. one or two games after that. Yeah. One premiership as a halfback coach, though. Mate, what a fun! Yeah. And he, he Shane Perry in Q Carp was the master. He was the king. He was at, out at Redcliffe, and they used to play the Clydesdales. Clydesdales stacked with reserve graders from Broncos. Redcliffe, battlers that all work in that. And they'd beat, they'd beat us sometimes. They'd beat us probably maybe Jesus. as much as we beat them. Maybe you could argue more. Yeah. That's how good that, that Redcliffe system was. Hook actually was – that's where Hook came through, that, that Redcliffe system. As Guru touched on what it took JT 16-odd seasons to win essentially, you know, I suppose, one-and-a-half premierships. Sugar Shane Perry, one attempt, one <laughs> – could we, I mean, 100% strike rate. <laughs> How many That's games reckon Shane Perry play? Oh, 30? 57. 57? Yeah. Made his debut all? in 1999. All for Broncos? No, he made his debut with the Magpies in oh, 99. Okay. All the Magpies. 2000, wow. 2001, and then he arrived at he f- first How many did he play for the Broncos? 20 plus 16 plus 7, uh, about 40-something. Really? The great Shane 43, Perry. yeah. Okay. I like it. The great Shane Perry. Um, yeah, so it looks like Broncos getting the win here. Again, guys, I didn't select this intentionally. <laughs> it was because of the two Queensland side. Initially, I was going to go Broncos 2006 versus Storm 2017. That would have been fucking tough to decide. Underrated side, that 2017 Storm. Oh, mate. I think because they won the grand... I think we spoke about it a few weeks ago because they won the grand final by so much. I think yeah. people sort of... It's one of those years. Forget just how good they were, yeah. yeah. I think even before we did the one-by-one comparison, you'd say Broncos 06, because if you compare Broncos 06 to Broncos 15, you'd still have Broncos 06 comfortably beating that team, and the Cowboys only just beat that team. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, So we'll try and do another one uh, next week, guys. Let us know in the comments section who you'd like us to do, who you'd like us us to compare. Uh, February 1st, guys, so that's Wednesday, 6 p.m., 50% off everything for 50 hours, brand new shirts dropping. Got anything going on, boys? Uh, Biz and Break Evans, we're back this Wednesday and Thursday, uh, and then trials kick off next week. So, oh very exciting. How, How good, eh? Music to my ears. Next week, guys, we will be previewing rugby league trials. Rugby league trials. And then the week after that, we will be reviewing rugby league trials. <laughs> it's the dream, boys. We're back. We're fucking back. Anyway, guys, as usual, I'll go and fuck myself. Thank you. <laughs>